We'll pump the brakes and buckle up. Here we go. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, August 25th, 2022. This is your award-winning Kipo Nation Media Assassination Episode 1480. This is No Agenda. Boots on the ground in the world of woke and broadcasting live from the grassy knoll in Dallas, Texas, FEMA region number six in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're looking around and we're deciding that Trump, it's Trump's fault that the vax doesn't work. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. Uh, <laughs> really now. Have you been following this? No, no, I haven't. I'm here in Dallas at Podcast Movement. So, no, I haven't followed that. Oh, that's right. You're in Dallas at the at the what? At the podcast movement. Which kind of movement? Yeah, it's a big movement. Number one or number two? It's a, it's uh, a, it's a big number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, wait a minute. Did we not predict that Trump would eventually be blamed for the vaccine? Yes, we did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did. No, we did. This is it's nuts. just the way it goes. You know, if the thing worked out, it would be, the Democrats would be on easy street. And if it didn't work out, which appears not to have worked out. No. I was listening to Dan, I was in the car early today and I was listening to Dan Bongino moaning groan. Oh, oh boy. I didn't realize that he had double shots and I think he got boosted a couple of times and he talks about how he regretted it. Uh-huh. And then, then he got oh, ter- two cases of COVID. <laughs> Did he get the Paxlovid? Because that seems to be another bonus. He got the, his first case of COVID was borderline hospitalization. This was after the shots. Wow. And he had to have that transfusion of that goo, whatever they do. And uh, Oh, the monoclonal antibodies? Yeah, the stuff that uh, Sean Hannity promotes as though he's got stock in the company. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh, he was irked about it. <laughs> I, I, I love the Paxlovid stuff. That stuff is the best. First Lady Jill Biden tested positive again for COVID in an again. apparent rebound case. She had taken Paxlovid when she first tested positive last week. A spokeswoman says the First Lady is showing no symptoms. The White House says President Biden is testing negative after also having that rebound case earlier. Rebound, you know, <laughs> there was a, a, a story rebound. that Paxlovid works on 48, the big number, 48% of people, it works. But 98 of those 48 are unvaccinated. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that one? Oh, um, I'll have to look for it. It's interesting. It's believable. I think it's very believable, but they're giving it to people who have, I don't, I think everyone goes straight for for the vax and the boost and then they get sick and then they get the Paxlovid, which apparently also really makes everything t- taste foul. You get headaches. It's, it's, it's not very pleasant, apparently. Yeah. 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 Well, no. plenty, plenty of COVID stuff for today. But first, John, I'd like to give you a boots on the ground from Podcast Movement 22, the conference in Dallas, Texas. Because there's, well, pl- I, there's, I, there's, I have questions. Yeah, I have there's, questions. there's plenty to cuss and bitch about. Well, and I'm sorry. Where are you staying? Oh, at the Sheraton downtown, which is where the conference is also being held. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Now, remember, this is uh, Podcasting 2.0. We're here on the Podcasting 2.0 dime, so uh, we're in cheap hotel rooms. <laughs> we got the conference special. Actually, we weren't invited here. Um, so you were invited to speak on 2.0? No. Uh, we were the, the, one of our leading 2.0 hosting companies, Buzzsprout, 
gave us one of their speaking slots. Because you know how it works, right? At conferences? Well, I know how it works on legitimate conferences. How does it work there? Uh, It appears that uh, uh, you get speaking slots assigned depending on the level of sponsorship you take. And then you can have, you know, your company presenting or anyone you want to designate. But we were never, I was never reached out to by the, by the man. Never. I mean, no one's ever asked me to do anything at a podcast. Well, let me think about this. Hold on a second. Let me get this straight. So now you're the guy probably most responsible for the for the invention and the success of podcasting. And then furthermore, you're the guy who developed podcasting 2.0 as a mechanism to prevent it from falling apart, which it was yeah. headed to do. Yes. And, and you're the guy who's also takes part in the value for value promotion and idea and mm-hmm. ideals. So you're those three guys and you've never been invited to the event. No, because all three of those things are the, well, I guess maybe number one, that it would be interesting maybe to hear from Adam who invented it with Dave Weiner, maybe. But I've never been asked, uh, except for the very, remember the very first one, remember at uh, Pod Show? Uh, and, and this is how it went. The, I think it was the New Media Expo is what the big conference of the time I was. I remember this, yes. Ontario, California. I think it was Ontario, California. And uh, they, and so we had just gotten uh, our seed rounding of funding at Pod Show. They called me up and said, "Hey, we'd love for you to do the keynote." And I was always like, I, "You know, what am I going to say? Hey, I invented it. Congratulations, you're welcome." You know, I, but I said, "Okay, all right, I'll do it. It's the first one." And they said, "Yeah, and uh, your company needs to sponsor for fifteen thousand dollars." I said, "Why?" Well, I mean, you're going to do the keynote. You're going to be there. We need sponsorship, and and that became. So weird that I we finally wound up uh, doing an unconference in the hotel next door, and we had all of our all of our podcasters um, there hanging out, and we were partying. Um, so that was some, perhaps that's why no one has ever asked me again. Ah, that's uh, probably the reason. Yeah, that curries nothing but trouble. Now for numbers two and three, well, your your two other ones. One was. Uh, Value for value, that is... The no, the other one was podcasting 2.0. Value for value yes. was last, was Bo- number three. Both of those are the antithesis of what's going on here. Oh? How's that? How's go- that work? I'm going to explain. So, f- Wait, wait, before you explain, mm-hmm. preliminary question. Uh, yeah. Value for value is a mechanism that works for a lot of people that are podcasters. Correct. Not just us. Correct. So why wouldn't it be... At this event, why wouldn't they want to talk about something like that at this event? I talked to Jen Briney once, and she goes to all these events, and she said, uh, "Some this is a couple of years ago." She says, "How come you guys never go to these things? And how come they never talk about value for value or there this other, you know, this other mechanism?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, I, why don't you ask them? I don't know." I uh, saw Jen Briney here yesterday. Yeah, she go, I'm right. She's yeah. she's a yeah. uh, hundred percenter of the Congressional Dish podcast, and I have uh, uh, some some stuff to share. Uh, but again, value for value is the antithesis of, of what is going on here. That no one is interested. The people who are here and and this entire event is not interested in value for value. Um. This this is a corporate, very corporate event. Let me let me run down and I'll I'll see if I can make it clear as to what's happening here. Now, Dave Jones and I, we're here because we started podcasting 2.0 and we really wanted to meet a lot of the people we've been working with, hosting companies, app developers, and you know, so it's 
it was just a convenient place to all come together at the same time and hang out and discuss stuff and meet people in person. In fact, I've only met Dave Jones this is the third time in 12 years. He's in Alabama. Um, and so uh, Buzzsprout, as I said, one of the hosting companies that is a, a leader in the 2.0 uh, feed generation, uh, they gave us a speaking slot. Uh, and, you know, so we decided that we would pres- give a little bit of intro, a little background you know, quick history to update everybody how we got to this point and why. And then we demonstrated the 17 new features of value for, of, of uh, podcasting 2.0. Um, in general, now I'm just going to give you um, a little boots on the ground and then, then we'll wind up to what's really going on. Th- my feeling right now today sitting here is I am dismayed, disappointed, and kind of grossed out. Grossed out? Grossed out. And that's really the right term, I think. So first of all, arriving here at the Sheraton, you can imagine a podcast conference where I think they were expecting 3,000 people. I don't know. It was, you know, Dallas had, had horrendous floods on Monday, Sunday and Monday. So there were, there were like thousands of flights were canceled. So I don't know if everyone made it here. It seems very busy. Uh, and this is one of those hotels and conferences, a conference hotel where you, know, you walk right into the lobby right away, boom, you're basically in the bar area. You know what I mean? And that's where everybody's hanging out. And you can see the badges. So, you know, oh, by the way, what is it with the people who take selfies at conferences where they all feel like they have to hold up their badge? What is that? I've seen that. And I wonder myself, <laughs> what it, it is just this? seems so dopey. It, the only thing I can think is that when you know, people want you to see that they're speaker, or, you know, in fact, you probably never oh, see yes, a guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. The badges yeah. usually say something at the mm-hmm, bottom. Spe- mm-hmm. Speaker, exhibitor. Yeah. Exhibitor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah, it's virtue. Okay. So this is a podcast conference. I've been around thousands of podcasters. I've been around thousands, tens of thousands of audio slash radio people. There's kind of one general rule with people who do this type of audio work. Mostly they have the perfect face for radio. Would you agree? I'd say, uh, I'd say they generally do have a, uh, a face for radio, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to be sensitive about it, but... Um, there's a lot, well, there's, okay, let me, I'll, I'll summarize it for you. There's a lot of ugly bastards yeah. <laughs> who are uh, podcasters. And it's usually those great voice. You know, if you've ever seen your favorite top 40 radio oh, DJ, yeah, you'll yeah, know the, what I mean. Yeah, ugly <laughs> bastards with tremendous pipes. Yes, exactly. Un- there you go. Ugly bastards with tremendous pipes. Well, everybody in this conference is pretty. Everybody's beautiful. Every Now, Dallas by itself, you know, uh, there's a lot of snazzy dressers, but these were not people from Dallas. These are from outside and they've got, you know, crazy outfits on, you know, like pink fluorescent pants, tight pants, uh, lots of dudes with, you know, beautifully trimmed beards and facial hair. These are not podcasters. Well, they sound like traders in the NASDAQ trading floor. They're TikTokers and influencers. Oh, TikTokers and influencers. Oh, brother. Yes. In fact, let me give you an example. You, you know, at a lot of these podcast conferences, I think it would be Leo Laporte who would broadcast live from the event. And, you know, a number of people, you know, not just 
we have a booth and we're doing it in our own booth, but actually a deal with the conference organi- yeah, organizer. Yeah, have a, a, a platform. Yeah, a platform, exactly. So um, there was a platform uh, for uh, one of the podcasts. And I'll just give you a little example so you can hear. Um, you might recognize the difference between the days of lore and today. This is uh, the, the podcast is called The Flow. I don't know if y'all were jamming just like how we were. I don't Big even time. know. But what's poppin', people? Welcome to The Flow. Hey. <laughs> you for Katie and Doc, okay? They're coming back. I promise you. But just not today or tomorrow. Right. <laughs> By the way, she has a huge red button that you know, she has a hokey on-air light. They're behind a desk. Uh, and they got the cans on and everything. They got the t-shirts on. She got the, one of those big red, like, you know, the, um, the um, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, the, 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 the r- stops the assembly line yes. button. <laughs> that's the one. Thank you. That's most, some most. What up, y'all? And we are uh, the two um, amazing people from Nikki and Moose podcast, okay? And Humble. Podcast movement in Dallas. All right. One time for the one time. <laughs> Do you want to hear a little more? I mean, it's about a minute, a minute to this. run. This is a great podcast. Checking in for the first time. Do me a favor. Uh, and I'm hearing this on my own. <laughs> um, do me a favor. Drop where you're watching this from. Yeah. Share this. Like this. Okay? If you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel, please. And thank you, uh, Moose. Yeah, notice they're only talking about subscribing to the channel. And, of course, I, I should point out at this at this juncture that uh, YouTube announced as their big announcement, we have a podcast page. So it's youtube.com slash podcast, which is just a, you know, a, 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 a three by nine board of episodes they've selected of YouTube videos. So these people are, are probably placed by YouTube. We, 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 but they're podcasters. Walked around a bit. Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of eavesdropped at a, at a certain session. Yeah. Uh, talking about monetization. Yeah. Monetization. Come on, talk to us. What's, bam, what are we doing? Bam, fire, fire. I mean, look, fire. I'm, I'm still not over fire, this idea fire. of we outside, <laughs> right? I, I, I don't know. I know it's, it's a little old, but for me. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, we got a super chat. <laughs> Rocky, listen. Oh, no, my bad. Oh. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. No, but we got to acknowledge. We got to acknowledge the people. Support. By the way, she interrupted that for a two dollars super chat. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Nah, man. But I'm just saying. For me, I'm I'm really still geeked at the fact that we, we are outside. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna get over that for a little bit. But for me, just to be outside and really connecting with people and just really seeing how many people have their guards down and wanting to do. Networking and, and, and looking for opportunities and, and getting their stuff out there, it shows that, okay, people are hungry, you know, and, and there's opportunity here. So that's what I'm just seeing from, from being live on the uh, the Dallas, Texas podcast yeah. movement yeah. floor. Uh, yeah. Just, just fire, man. It's just fire, man. This, we we got to learn some lingo here, John. Just fire, yeah, well, man. He says fire, I think. Too much. It's, you can't yell fire in a crowded space. I don't understand what he's doing. And before I uh, uh, continue with this boots on the ground, and uh, undoubtedly I will be deemed a racist by many. Eh, so no, what? yeah, I'm. You know, I also you do the show with with uh, Mo. 
How much of a racist can you be? He wouldn't put up with it. No. Well, and I was going to say that after you know, having produced 300 hours of content with Mo, I have a little bit of perspective. A little. Uh, but fire. This, this fire. <laughs> 100. This is a woke arama to the max. Really? Oh, my goodness. It starts at registration. Do you have to get, uh, you have to be vaxxed to go to this thing? There's, no, there's about 30% walking around double masked. Double masked. Double masked. Double masked. Yep. Check the calendar, people. um, At registration, uh, please, on the table behind you, grab a button with your pronoun. No. I got one of each. No. Uh, Yes, I got one of each. Give me a button. I'll grab, I'll grab some buttons for you. I, buttons. I said buttons. Oh, no, it's you spreading. Said hey, get me some buttons. I want some buttons. <laughs> buttons. It's spreading. It's contagious. Buttons. Okay. Buttons. Uh, uh, let, me, so let me just give you a little. Pronoun buttons. <laughs> Jeez. I got a whole segment on today's show about pronouns. So there you go. Oh, I'm going to set you up so good. So to give a little more... Um, a little more of a, a vibe, a little more atmosphere, a description of, of what. So this, so again, everyone's kind of mulling around in the lobby. The bar so, is there. So Briny must be in heaven. <laughs> you, <laughs> Briny actually, has, I, I love Jim Briny, man. She's cool. Was she wearing a button? She was fine. No, she's not wearing no button. <laughs> there was also one you could fill in your own pronoun, just with a, you know. Oh, white. okay. <laughs> Very tempting, but no, no. Uh, so just, you know, so again, it, you know, this is near the front door and, uh, this is, you know, we walked in from dinner uh, the other night just to give you an idea of what kind of people we're talking about. Now in Texas, there are certain times during the year and certain weather conditions when we have tons of crickets. We've even talked about it on the show, I think back in, uh, when I was downtown in Austin and, you know, they would, they would stack up against, uh, the, you know, against door entryways and buildings up to, you know, like two inches good high. Eaten. Yeah, very good eaten. So this is happening. And, you know, there are crickets kind of walking into the, into the hotel lobby. And, and, and at certain, I hear this screaming. I'm like, whoa. And someone's, and someone's kneeled over on the floor. I'm like, what the crap is going on? So apparently some dude had stomped on one of the crickets that made these women crazy. And there were this woman's on the floor trying to shoo the crickets towards safety out the door. Oh my God. Exactly. So, <laughs> oh, I'm, this is terrific. One of your best <laughs> stories so far. <laughs> yeah. So um, now our session which was yesterday, was in the conference room furthest from... You actually had to go around the corner <laughs> towards the exit. And that was where our session was. There was no promotion. No one talked about it. It was, you know, the, the people who were... We had maybe 60 people in the room. Uh, I thought you did go overflow like you were hoping? Overflow. We, were, we, we could have had, you know, the whole, uh, you know, college uh, uh, season teams line up. It, 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 was, it was empty. We had 60 people. We could have had 200. Well, 60 in a small room is a lot. What, it, it was a small room, but not, it was just, no. The people that were there were a lot of people who were uh, podcasting 2.0 people. There were just a, a variety of people who were very interested in value for value. Um, uh, interestingly, the, uh, there was representatives there from Afropods, which, um, 
you know, they're trying to, uh, uh, to propagate podcasting in uh, Africa, the entire continent. And, uh, you know, value for value was the streaming, streaming value for value was very interesting to them. So, you know, there were some interested people, but in, basically, if you would look at it from a perspective of, as you started by saying, oh, here's Adam Curry, he's going to talk to us about value for value, a little bit of the history of podcasting. No one knew. No one knew we were even there. It was just, you know, on the schedule, you know, yeah. fine. That's fine because it was also for Dave really? and I. We wanted to get our presentation together so we can, you know, make it easier that for sucks. people to are understand. You me? No, what are these guys nuts? They got you there for free, <sighs> Jones for free. They're not paying you. Let me which get. Which is uh, yeah, I wouldn't do. You know me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's beside the point. Right. Uh, they you got you there for free. When they got you there for free, they should exploit you. They're crazy. It's stupid. It's. Plain stupid. They're idiots. Can I say, can I, I don't know if I have any more adjectives. Or well, anything. I can tell you what the problem is. Let me just give you a little example. Uh, there are quotas at this conference for the number of white guys you can have on stage. I'm just going to let you marinate in that. Well, I don't have to marinate in it because I knew this in advance. <laughs> Yeah. But I will say this, uh, you were over, you were, you were screwed. You had, you and Dave Jones are both white guys. Yeah. Well, that's why we're in, because they couldn't get around it. We didn't have any BIPOCs to put on stage. Um, and that's, I think that's, that's why they just kind of, oh, these are white guys. a lisp. Maybe that would help. So in speaking, to, now I'm going to get into some stuff that is really gross to me. So I talked to a lot of different people, um, uh, three different Christian Godcasters. um, uh, who were very interested in podcasting too. In fact, I think they're on uh, the index and, you know, because they've been deplatformed and uh, two, <laughs> Heaven listen, forbid. listen to this, two of the three. Now these are people who, who have, you know, religious podcasts. Two of the three told me that when they registered, they were contacted by management that said, look, we're going to let you come. But if we get one complaint, we're going to throw you out. One complaint about what? Someone th- saying they feel threatened or they feel uneasy because these because are Because hateful- somebody maybe mentions Jesus? Or is uh, pro-life. Oh, pro-life. You can't be pro-life. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess if he's a Republican. That's another one. They're out. No, this, this is specific to the Christians. The Christ- oh, okay. Yeah. It's really uh, that. So that by itself, to me. It's unbelievable. Is, is a non, it's just like, that's, that's, you can't do that. That's disgusting is what it is. Hence that I feel grossed out. Actually, Bryony told me a story, uh, not necessarily related to the conference, but that she has gotten a lot of shit for people. You know, Jim Bryant does a congressional dish. She pulls apart um, uh, legislation. Does a fantastic job. From the House of Representatives specifically. Yeah, does a fantastic job. And she said that she's received so much hate. I said, what for? It's about Ukraine. Oh, my God, what did you say? So I told the truth. What? About the 2014 coup. About uh, Victoria Nuland. And she said she's been shunned. She's been shunned for doing this. (laughs) Now, let me give you the best example of what is going on here. So the deal, you know, we talk about it all the time. We've never been shunned. I wonder why that is. <laughs> well, we don't go Have anywhere. Have you been shunned? Have you no. been shunned? You don't want to keep bringing it up. 
I, I don't know what to say, John. I, I Victoria don't, I don't. Noodleman. You I, keep calling you. You don't even call her by a real. You call her Noodleman. You're just insulting. Victoria. And yet you have not been shunned. Victoria Kagan Noodleman, to be exact. Kagan. I'm, I'm using her dead name. I know it's horrible. You're dead naming her. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of exhibitors and uh, there's a, a nice sized booth for the Daily Wire. And, you know, the Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's outfit there in Nashville. You know, they're building quite an empire. They've got uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jordan Peterson is now yeah, one of their Glenn people. Glenn Beck wannabe. Yeah, exactly. So they have a, a big booth. And, um, well, this tweet went out from management. I'm going to read it to you. Hi, folks. We no, wait, you- wait. Stop, 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 stop. This tweet went out from what management? From podcast movement management. Okay. From the organizers of the event. Got it. Hi, folks. Hi, folks. Hi, folks. We owe you an apology before sessions kick off for the day. This was this morning early. Yesterday afternoon, Ben Shapiro briefly visited the Podcast Movement 22 Expo area near the Daily Wire booth. Though he was not registered or expected, we take full responsibility for the harm done by his presence. Are you feeling me yet? Is this a, did this come over email? Or is this something? This is cricket? a tweet. This is a public That's tweet. A tweet. A public tweet. Here we go. There's no way around it. We agreed to sell the Daily Wire a first-time booth based on the company's large presence in podcasting. The weight of that decision is now painfully clear. Shapiro <laughs> Shapiro is a co-founder. A drop-in, however unlikely, should have been considered a possibility. Many in our community. <sighs> Many in our community are appalled, not just by this incident, but by our choice to take money from the Daily Wire in the first place. As A A Monkey said, this was signed off by a human. Yes, during event planning, the dangerous nature of the company's message was overlooked. Those of you who called this unacceptable are right. In nine wonderful years growing and celebrating this medium, podcast movement has made mistakes. The pain caused by this one will always stick with us. We promise that sponsors will be more carefully considered moving forward. Just to clarify, the Daily Wa- no Daily Wire representatives were scheduled to appear on panels, and Shapiro remained in the common space and did not have a badge. If you have questions, we're here to talk. Thank you for your reading, and we hope you'll continue to join us from here on out. That's pretty stunning. So here is the breakdown of what's going on. This, you might as well just call this the ESG conference. What is happening is that this is a huge corporate event where corporate companies ranging from Amazon to Samsung to you name it. I would it. take that letter that was sent out about, about Shapiro, which is racist and anti-Semitic. Shapiro is a Jew. I would take that letter and shove it into the face of every one of those corporate sponsors and ask them, what do, how do they react to something like this? That's what I would do immediately. You're missing the point. The corporate sponsors are glad he fucked off. The corporate sponsors here are accompanied by at least 1,500 consultants. And the corporate sponsors need to complete some ESG checkboxes so they employ the consultants who go and find... So, so were you telling me one of the boxes is anti-Semitic? No. BIPOC. 
That's the number one. Women and BIPOC, which is black indigenous people of color. You got to get it right. These consultants armed with promises, cash, and so-called advertising money then go and find black people at these conferences and sometimes even hand them the format and do everything just, that's why when you hear the flow, like, yeah, people here looking for opportunities. Yeah, of course. It's abusive and gross. And I know enough from my, my, my work with Mo, horn. My, work, <laughs> my work with Mo is that it is actually, it is harmful and embarrassing to the very people these a-holes pretend to help. Yeah. It's demeaning and it's gross. And this has nothing to do with podcasting. The, by definition of the decentralized nature, the most equitable, if you want to use the term, medium of all time. There's no gatekeepers until these assholes came along. They're gatekeeping everybody else. It's interesting to be a minority. And, and, and you know, so that's why Mo always well, said, we're just first, man. You're next. Well, he was right. Yeah, well, they, they, you know, I, I, I'll stop you there and say that, yeah, you know, good idea. But the problem is podcasting 2.0, part of this, part of the solution uh, it's just as futile. These guys I completely are just agree. I completely barking agree. up a tree. The, the, it, the, it has no impact. Wheels. No, they have no impact whatsoever. Nope. They're all fooling themselves. Yep. They're idiots. I t- completely agree. This has no impact. This has nothing to do with with the free and open podcasting medium. The people who are really doing a great job in podcasting and important work are not represented. They don't have to be here. It's stupid. And I mean, yeah, that's what I I've always, yeah. always thought. Yeah, well, I haven't been to one of these things. I always thought this, but what happened here, especially the quota of how many white guys you can have on stage, is just it's gross. I did find something cool, though. Thepodcastbroker.com. This is a great idea. You can buy or sell your podcast. The whole thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I start submit, a couple little podcasts and sell them. I, sub, I submitted our show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, they can't get any money for us. Well, I want to see what they come back with. What are we worth? Yeah. Oh, okay. The podcast broker. We connect sellers with buyers. You know, hold on a second. What is this? Welcome to the podcast broker, a site created to help you sell and buy podcasts. Yeah. For years, <laughs> I have worked with podcasters who are tired of podcasting. They don't want to create uh, new episodes. Does this sound like you, John? But they also don't want to. <laughs> I identify I've been a tired little. of it for a decade. <laughs> Stop producing their show. My recommendation we is go. that they sell their podcast. We've been selling websites and all right. That's Heather from the podcastbroker.com. Oh, I love I love this idea. I really yeah, do. Well, you never know. Anyway, so uh go podcasting 2.0. Screw these numb nuts. What a bunch of dicks. It's pathetic. I'm sure can you I, tell I, this can you tell the other story? No. Okay. No, I know because you know what? I don't need. You promise not to. Yeah, I promise oh, not you, to. You actually promise not to. And, and, and I don't. And I don't need that. I don't need a hassle in my life. I don't need okay, that. Okay, forget All it. All right. So uh, onward. Yes. Well, since you're 
kind of on the, uh, what was it we were talking about? I have clips on gender, oh. <laughs> uh, education. Do you think people can, can, can stomach more of this or should we uh, do something else for a minute? I, uh, and pronouns. This, I think we need to, we need to, we need an entremont. We need an entremont. We need something else. I got an entremont that'll knock your socks off. It should have been, uh, should have been second half of show stuff. <laughs> Let's do it. This is the Internet of Bodies. This is some, somebody dug this up and I tried to track down who it was. Oh, but I know what this is. This is the patent, the Microsoft patent or whatever it was? No. Oh, okay. No, that's no. interesting though. <laughs> no, this woman is a, she, like, it, when I retire, you can bring her on the show. She'd fit right in and the whole show would be second half. Wait a minute, show. wait a minute. Are you, don't retire. I need you. <laughs> we can't, I thought you were selling the show. So, All right, here we I'm go. selling the show, we're both ejecting. Are you kidding me? Hi there. <laughs> hey there. I really admire your page, and I admire the thorough research that you do. No, they're not blood clots. And what I'm about to say is going to sound really crazy, but I trust you will look into it. Look into Intrabody Nano Network administered <laughs> through Vax. Just mm-hmm. type in those keywords. Then look into transhumanism. Then look into the Internet of Bodies. Then look into how the Internet of Bodies is going to tie into and become the foundation of this new digital financial system. That This woman would never be appropriate on a podcast with me. This voice is no good. It's no good. Her voice, yeah, her voice is always, she's got a, she has a kind of a mid-range, high mid-range whine that is just grating. Now, can I just say something? I looked all this stuff up, by the way, and the Internet of Bodies, it's, it's a like real a thing. pages and pages yeah. of stuff. By the way, what lo- a crock of shit. By the way, this is all nuts as far as I'm concerned. I, I, but- I like this idea of you bringing uh, kind of auditions of future hosts to the show. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, this, well, she was one of them, but you rejected her. <laughs> yeah, she's rejected. Uh, from bigotry because she doesn't have the <laughs> mellifluous yes. voice that yes. you're looking for. Bigotry. You're looking for some, hi, baby. How you doing? Okay, here we go. This is And then it's all going to make sense. It is self-assembling <laughs> nanotechnology for the purpose of creating a carbon nanotube network within the human body to make the human body a device that can eventually be linked into the Internet of Bodies. It is biotechnology created through the manipulation of lipids with polyethylene glycol regulation. Polyethylene glycol is one of the components that can be used to make hydrogel. And after the self-assembling nano network is administered in a human body, along with nano sensors, which is what those round modulars that people are finding. The next step is a form of a chip, which will probably (laughs) come in the form of like a quantum dot tattoo that will be initiated for the usage with this is basically every single thing i put in my show notes but we rarely talk about oh this is great in the digital i like the quantum dot yes, yeah quantum that's dot gonna tattoo. be the controller yeah the quantum dot yeah. tattoos we all know it that will be initiated for the usage within the digital financial system that is coming quantum but financial once that system chip is put in place with the intro body nano network that will be the authentication and individualiz- individualization of every human body that has this technology within it, the network and the chip, making them all devices linked into the Internet of Bodies. The psychological, biological, genetic, and physiological data from every single individual will be what backs the new financial system. Information is the new gold. 
and all of the data being harvested no longer requires permission or notification from anyone that took this jab because they are now GMOs, which is a product owned by a corporation. The head of that corporation is BlackRock. I know what I'm saying sounds crazy, <laughs> but I would invite you to look into everything I just spoke. I have pretty much everything. And that really BlackRock? Yeah, no, here here's what happens continuously. People will say, BlackRock owns everything. BlackRock owns every media. BlackRock owns BlackRock owns Pfizer. BlackRock No. They own five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. But that is now morphed into BlackRock owns everything. BlackRock has super influence, yeah, but that's just factually incorrect. This, this, I don't remember. I told you about the quantum financial system. It was it was a long time ago? Before I think it was before the election. Um, it was part of you know, off world via satellites, and this is the new oh, system. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, that's the off world, off world yes, financial system. That's network. where this comes from. That was all quantum dots. The quantum financial system. XRP was supposed to be running it. It's like it's it's horseshit. Now, yes, the, 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 yes. Well, hold on a second. Let me write that down. Yes, please do. Go on. Horseshit. Huh. There is apparently a patent. Well, there's a couple. There's one for Bitcoin mining with humans, believe it or not. And I think there is an inter, uh, an Internet of Bodies patent from Microsoft. I'd, I have to look it up, but I recall it might be Google, but I think it was Microsoft. So, yeah, I don't know. These vaccines don't, seem like, a, don't seem like a good idea. And they better hurry up by hooking everybody together because they're losing their nodes. Let's talk about excess deaths because it's always an interesting subject. You've been looking at some of the figures that have been coming out. This is a UK report, obviously. Um, recently, compared to the sort of COVID years, tell us what you found. Yeah, so let's start with just explaining what excess deaths are. So you can look at how many people are dying in a particular week of the year or the total year overall, and then have a look at, well, how many people were dying in previous years. Now, we, we tend to cut out 2020 and 2021 when we're looking at these comparisons, Mike, because we did see the COVID pandemic kind of put a step change in all the figures. So they're a bit abnormal from what you would expect. So you can look at 2015 to 2019 and then compare what we're seeing now. And, and 2022 might be a tale of two halves. The first half of the year, we were seeing deaths generally across the country below average mm. for the time of year. And don't forget, we saw big rises in 2020, 2021, not unexpected because people obviously who may have tragically died earlier on in the pandemic may have been dying now. So that was the first half of the year. Then week 15 hit. And what we've seen since then is the number of deaths above average creeping up and up and up. And they've been kind of running above average now for, for about 15, 16 weeks. And this is across a range of different age groups because if we look at it by age group, we've got 10 to 14-year-olds, they're 11.7% above average. We've got 30 to 34-year-olds, 11% above average. 35 to 39-year-olds, they're 12.5% above average. You've got double-digit above average in the 55 to 59, 60 to 64-year-olds. The biggest increase above average might be the 75 to 79 year olds now one thing to treat with caution when you look at that figure is with a large number of births after the second world war last couple of years a large number of those have crept over into that 75 to 79 age group so you've got more of them than what we had in the last say five or six years so that's explaining it but the Department of Health have been citing some reasons for this, Mike, saying circulatory diseases, which include heart issues and diabetes so they could be some of the factors at play in terms of these excess deaths mm. This is hockey sticking, if you look at the graph, by the way. 
And it literally starts when vaccinations are introduced into the population. Yeah, that's the idea. It's Trump's, Trump's fault. Don't forget that. So what would you say was the most compliant, most locked down country for COVID in the world? Well, I thought New Zealand was. Are you sick of being sick? You're not imagining it. More Kiwis are coughing, sniffling and calling off work. Our immunity against a whole lot of things is sort of a little bit down because um, we haven't been constantly, I feel like, primed all the time. So of course, we've got lots and lots of different viruses coming over. And it's not just the coronavirus. Of course, lots of things are. Seasonal flu, gastrobugs, conjunctivitis, even foot and mouth. It's all making everyone's lives just that much harder. And that's despite COVID numbers finally going down. Community cases are at their lowest since February. But data reported in stuff.co.nz suggests compared to last year, respiratory illnesses have doubled. Uh-huh. The Well Kiwis survey found double the number of us are experiencing cough, fever, illness, runny nose and sore throats. And when looking at pre-pandemic levels, we're actually seven times sicker. So what's going on? If we haven't learned anything from this pandemic, it would be a bit disappointing. And one of those things is that when you've got a cold or something like that, don't take it to work. We know what stops viruses from spreading and so masking up and keeping a distance isn't just about COVID, it's about you know, all sorts of respiratory viruses. And it's not just the experts who've noticed. Uh, It has been a few more days off for sure. Our daughter's gone to kindergarten this year so yeah, it's a bit unusual, it's hard to say but she's, yeah, we've been sicker as a family. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends have been sick. It's the worst flu I've maybe ever had in my life. Um, Yeah, so definitely worse. I don't think it's my immune system because I've been trying to be healthier than usual. So what can you do to avoid all the nasties without having to live in your own personal lockdown? So what they did not address in this, I saw the whole piece. Uh, They didn't uh, even say, well, could it be the vaccine? No. No. Your immune system is just down from being locked in. That's it. And everyone got vaccinated in New Zealand. Everybody. Hmm. Just yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny the way they uh, try to avoid the topic. Well, it's going to get hard to hide the bodies. I keep saying it. Keep saying it. it you know, in the U.S., we've, we've gone through all those numbers. But now, now we just have a general, uh, a general number, which is good. There's new data tonight showing overall life expectancy here in the U.S. falling Yay. in all 50 yeah. states. For good the reason. The CDC reporting Yay. a drop by 1.8 years from 2019 to 2020, falling from 78.8 to 77 years. New York State seeing the largest decline by three years. D.C. falling 2.7 years. Hawaii with the highest life expectancy in the country. The decline, of course, blamed on the pandemic and the rise on fatal drug overdoses in this country. Nothing is ever blamed on anything but that. Oh, there's some climate change, of course. You know, heat, of course, will, will make, give you cancer. Heat will make you die. Heat will, you know, give you myocarditis. Pfizer has now submitted its request to the FDA for its new booster shot. Yeah. Now, this shot will combine the original vaccine with a vaccine targeted to the most recent variants in this country, the BA4 uh, and BA5 Omicron variants. It'll be used for people 12 yeah, and older. What's he laughing about? The FDA's mer- <laughs> Let's listen to that again. <laughs> Uh, and BA5. Oh, he is laughing. Variants in this country, the BA4. He knows his bull crap. <laughs> variants in this country, the BA4 uh, and BA5 Omicron variants. <laughs> It'll be used for people 12 and older. The FDA's emergency use authorization is expected in just a few weeks in early September. The CDC would then need to sign off. Moderna's application for a similar booster is expected soon as well.
No, they, and, and I'm sure they did trials on all of them. No, because they've, you know, I, wasn't it, there's something that they got into the contract or into the FDA agreement that, you know, okay, you have the base mRNA that we're going to be using for these shots. And when we upgrade them, then, you know, we don't really have to do all of these, uh, all of these uh, trials because, you know, it's, it's the same base building blocks or something like that. Yeah, they had some this song and dance. It was pretty funny. And there's, um, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, the, the, so the, apparently the company that, and I have not been able to confirm this, but the company that manufactures the RNA for the, for the mRNA, which is not Moderna. Um, what is this company? Resilience is the name of the company. And uh, it's just a little troubling that this resilience company, one of their uh, original investors was InQtel, <laughs> which is the CIA's investment company. Just, uh, just yes, one, I think I've read this too. I don't know if it's. I true don't know or if not. it's true either, but I think it's it's fun to it's think. It's funny. About. It is. It is. Um, let's see what do we have. Um, all right, so we have. Uh, maybe a little bit long. Oh yeah, this is uh, from Australia. Just to show you that uh, the the malaise has not stopped, and the mandates, and I, I mean, Lord knows what you know. Germany seems to be preparing for the you know the Chinese three color coded system for this uh, for this winter, and you'll have to be updated every three months. And in Queensland, hundreds of unvaccinated teachers across the state will have their pay slashed as a penalty for not yeah. complying with COVID nineteen directions. Tim Arvia joins me in the studio now. Tim, exactly how much are these teachers going to lose? Well, it depends on actually how much they're paid. So each teacher, it will be different. But effectively, they're having their pay cut for 18 weeks. The government had told them it could be up to 20. They've actually made the decision 18 weeks is what they're going to cop. And in that, their pay grade essentially goes down one level. So for some teachers, it will be hundreds. Some, it may be thousands. But that is what they are looking at. And uh, the government has actually sent them these letters, each one. And they're making it clear they're taking this pretty seriously. Um, part of the letter reads, it's important that you are aware of the seriousness with which the department views your inappropriate behaviour and failure to comply with the direction. You should be aware that any further substantiated allegations and or a breach of the code of conduct or standard of practice will be viewed very seriously and may result in the termination of your employment. But many of these teachers there are really not happy about the, the pay cut and also their treatment. They view it as double standards and they are all in, in given to what previous uh, employees have had and they're also now looking at the possibility of court action taking it to the Industrial Relations Commission uh, but this is what the Professional Association of Teachers here in Queensland had to say about it today. This is a really extreme financial penalty because these teachers and educators have been stood down without pay and that's usually only reserved for those people who have been convicted as criminals. There you go, criminals. They want them out. Hey, you're not woke, you're not with the program, you're not the Marxist, you're not a socialist and we know that because you refuse to accept the vaccine into your life, you're out. We're not going to pay you. Suffer. Yeah, well, they're doing the same thing with the military here. Yeah. Probably with teachers, too, but not to the extreme that, or that screwball idea yeah. of just giving them less money. Did, um, did you read the story about that? It was great for the memes, but very troubling. The uh, this single guy, one guy who who came in sick with monkeypox, COVID and HIV all at the same time. 
No. Yeah. You know, Triple so threat. With the, <laughs> the memes were, dude, what kind of weekend did you have? You know, that's uh, that <laughs> those kinds of memes. Because obviously it's, it's only men who have sex with men where this happens, obviously. Um, again, I'm just going to say I'm not a doctor, but seems like all these things popping up at the same time. Maybe, uh, maybe it's coming from inside you and maybe it's not necessarily something that you're getting from having sex, men having sex with men, which by the way, has changed now. It's changed again. This is Fox news. Men having sex is being made legal in Singapore. The prime minister of Singapore held a televised speech saying the conservative city-state's attitude towards the LGBTQ community is changing. So a colonial era law prohibiting gay sex is going to be repealed. But he said men having sex. Not with men, just men having sex. That's got to be some sort of a flub. It has to be. I didn't know Men having sex. (laughs) It means nothing. Or does it? Or does it? Or does it? And then we have, uh, oh, it's like like the playbook is unfolding. We've got to just freak people out with every single, we got tomato flu, we got polio, uh, we got uh, monkeypox, we got HIV, we got the COVID, BA4, BA5. Hey, you know what? Uh, we got to distract from that uh, monkeypox story with the dog because that's kind of gross. You know, we we kind of know it. Let's uh, let's uh, new story, new narrative. All right tonight, a deadly and mysterious illness is worrying dog owners in Michigan. The illness, similar to parvovirus, has killed more than thirty dogs, most of them under two years old. Infected dogs have died with just three days of showing symptoms. Michigan animal control officials are advising dog owners to try and keep their pets vaccinated and keep them at home for now. This was a big story. It hit all the networks. Vaccinated for what? For for parvovirus. No. That's that's what they said. What is parvo? She said it was resembling parvo. Right, but vaccinate, maybe just give him some COVID. Give him a monkeypox shot. I don't know. Scientists are stumped by a mystery virus that has sickened and killed dozens of dogs in Michigan. Most of the dogs affected are younger than two years old, suffering from severe gastrointestinal problems. Vets say all of those dogs tested negative for parvovirus, oh. which spreads dog to dog, but they say this could be a new strain. For now, animal control officials are recommending owners make sure their dogs are up to date on their vaccines. <laughs> Hold on a second. This is the same story, only rewritten. From ABC. The same thing. We don't, yep. it's at the very beginning, it says mysterious virus. That's right. So it's, how do you get vaccinated that's going to, what? They got the mysterious virus vaccine? They, oh, want, this they one, want to oh, kill your mysterious dog. Mysterious virus. Yeah, that's what it is. No, it's actually the internet of dogs. Huh? This kind of reporting is just... It's an epidemic. Your dog can be a mobile hotspot. Yeah, it could be. Well, that, that's always possible. <laughs> here's Sticking the, an antenna in his butt. Here's another story. Tonight, officials in Michigan have identified the mysterious virus that has killed at least 30 dogs. Animal experts confirmed today the disease is parvovirus. Oh. Not all the dogs were uh. completely vaccinated. Scientists are now trying to figure out why initial tests came back negative for parvovirus, <laughs> leading officials to wonder if it is no, a they new can't strain. can't do anything right. <laughs> This has more flames or fire to the fire. It has more gasoline to the fire. Oh, man. It's it, it's super, super fishy. All of this. It's fishy. It's super, Arvo. super, super fishy. Oh, man. And then why would it only happen to, to you know, puppies two year, less than two years old? Oh, is it? 
I mean, Parvo, get, all dogs are affected by Parvo if they don't have a shot. What exactly is Parvo and what does it do? It's a, it's a, I don't remember, but it's nasty. Kills dogs. Oh, okay. Well, that's no good. <sighs> all right. I got another break. Yeah. Another break point here. Yeah, I definitely need one. Now I have, this is a, no, this is a super cut of, this came out of John Oliver's show. I thought it was genius. <clears throat> And the reason is about this is a Tucker Carlson supercut. And the reason is genius is because what they did is something I've complained about. You've kind of complained. I complain about it quite a bit, which is that sarcasm doesn't work in media. It doesn't. Sarcasm just comes back to bite in the ass. And you see it because it was Trump was a good example His, of this. But John Oliver's entire show is sarcasm, isn't it? Ironically. Yeah. But he's doing. But he's doing a different. There's different varieties of sarcasm. Uh, Oliver's sarcasm is not is not like Tucker's sarcasm. No. Tucker's sarcasm is is going the opposite of what he's trying to prove. Very simple type of sarcasm. It's very almost childish. But I've, I've said this. It's the same with tweets. It's the same with writing. Uh, oh, if you if you mean the context, it can easily be. You could, they did this with Trump. Trump yep, is a very yep, sarcastic yep, yep. guy. You're right. You're right. You're and right. so they would take stuff out of context. Yep. You know, he says, oh, look, he, said he begged the Russians to help him with the, you know, yeah, with the, with 30, the Hillary 30, thing. 30,000 emails. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sort of thing. So it by I think sarcasm like that bites you in the ass. And I'm always aware of doing it myself because I have a tendency to do it once in a while. I'm sarcastic, <laughs> but I try I try to avoid the kind of sarcasm that bites you in the ass. And here is a here is a good example of how that works. And now, 60 seconds of Tucker Carlson being right about stuff. America is a racist country. White supremacy is our biggest threat. Republican senators are sexist bigots. They don't care about women. This is a bad country run by racists, and its history is inherently racist. Immigrants are basically perfect. They're smarter, more industrious, more creative than you or any of your American-born neighbors were or could be. The phrase is, all lives matter, American exceptionalism, and the celebration of Columbus Day are racist. The riot at the Capitol was a white supremacist insurrection. Donald Trump is a bigot. Only losers and freaks support Donald Trump. I have enjoyed white privilege. I'm a racist. This show is racist. White people are a-holes. This is propaganda at work. Fox News is propaganda. This is the crudest kind of propaganda designed to divide the country by race. This is just too stupid. None of this is real. It's all just noise. All of this is crazy. This is total lunacy. It's easy to laugh at this, but it's also horrifying. Think about the brainwashing required to do this with a straight face. This channel shouldn't be allowed. I bet that got big laughs from the Cannes studio audience. Now, there's a couple of interesting things about that. You're right, by though. The way, you're, that, you're, you're, you're spot on the money. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, it, those are all quotes. Yeah. He, said, he said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but what's interesting to me, if you, uh, uh, as an overview, as a meta look at this, if you the very beginning of things, things that Tucker Carlson said that were true. So yes. the show's writers themselves believe that. So everything Tucker said, America's racist. We suck. Well, don't, you, wait, 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 wait. don't you think that was also sarcasm? Or do you think they actually believe it? I, if you're going to take the approach that they did with Tucker, I take the approach. I take it on a metal level. No, they said it. 
Hmm. They said it. They hmm. said that this is stuff that he said that's true. Hmm. So what the, what the staff of John Oliver's show believes is that we're a racist, shitty country and, and everything that Tucker said in there, you know, we're all whiteies bad and all the rest of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going by what they said. If they're going to play that game, I can too. And yeah. I actually think it's, I, th- I honestly believe they really feel that way. So that, anyway, that, that was my that, little Yeah, I, you know, I hadn't really considered it. You know, that's kind of like this stuff here, you know, like these quotas and stuff. I'm like, do people really feel this way? And, you know, I'd say 30%. Yeah, really feel that I say, way. See, now you're, you and I differ on this. Mm-hmm. I believe a lot more than that, like those guys that put on that podcast show. They're all, I think most of these people are very sincere. I was looking at some stuff because I was getting these gender clips. And I'm looking at some tweets and some things that I've, I went and looked at a bunch of, I haven't looked at these for a long time, but I looked at some people I follow on Instagram, or I don't follow them, but I, I like to look them up on Instagram and mm-hmm. catch up with what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And they're very sincere about this gender thing. Uh, I mean, like, they're, they're, the argument is made that if you don't give the six-year-old, six-year-old puberty blockers, that's child abuse. Yes. And if somebody yes. says it's child abuse to do it, that's child abuse. Yes. So I, the people that, but that's a little, you know that's a, that, yeah, oh no, I totally agree with you there. But when people have young children, parents, they, they're, they're very susceptible to brainwashing. They, I think, obviously, 100% of the people believe that who are doing it. You have to. If you don't really believe it, I mean, if it's one thing to, to, I think, harm or abuse your child at a young age, way too early to do this because you believe in it. It's another to do it because you're virtue signaling. They have to believe it or they should be arrested. They should be arrested anyway, but that's, you know, beside the <sighs> point, And that's just my opinion. Uh, we do have some uh, listeners who, who take issue with some of our thoughts. About what? Uh, recent, recently. Like uh, the one guy who's one of our nice comes in and criticizes you. And then, of course, he's really criticizing me. You. <laughs> for saying that, uh, that I think it was genius that the, ma- the governor of Texas, uh, Glenn Barrett, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, Glenn Barrett, yes. Shipped all these guys out of the state to <laughs> New York and Washington D.C. And uh, it's yeah. funny because well, what, 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 what was his uh, what was his objection? His objection was that this is just making matters worse or something. He, oh no, he, he, he his, said he, he was like these poor people they're just being screwed. You know, it's like yeah, that wasn't even the point. I don't think. Yeah, I, he had some some complaints, but it was you know it was mild. Uh, the point is, is that uh, now I'm starting to see uh, arguments about this saying, well, then they're making a huge mistake because this, when they get to New York, there'll be citizens in no time because they have all these mechanisms to yep. get people yep. on board. Yes. Uh, and the counter argument to that is, so what? It's going to happen anyway. Uh, just ship them to New York and let them take care of it. But anyway, so we do have people that. that well, sure. And, and, we, and you know, the point is, it's OK. But you don't need to rage quit if you disagree with something we're saying. Most people who rage quit this show uh, have really not been attached to the show for a while. Yeah, that's true. All right, shifting gears to the big news in America. 
which is going to be the political issue right up to the um, right up to the elections, I predict, because I think it'll go to court. And this is the student loan debt forgiveness that I think we talked about it. You know, it was it was coming. It was obvious. Everyone was yapping about it, it was now kind of like, what will the details be? And, I have the basic story oh, here yeah, for please. you. If you want yeah, it. I'd love the Student basic Student loan fiasco. This is Shep Smith. Hey, Shep Smith. Come on in, Shep. There's a debate over fairness tonight that reaches far and wide across our country. Is it fair to wipe out student loan debt for some Americans when many others have had to work to pay theirs off? Is it fair that some people who didn't go to college because maybe they couldn't afford it now have their tax dollars footing the bill for others? President Biden himself reportedly agonized over the decision. The New York Times reports he was concerned that it could seem as a giveaway and an affront to those who paid off their loans. But he decided otherwise. And today, the president kept a promise that he made to voters on the campaign trail. He announced he's taking executive action to cancel $10,000 in federal student loan. To qualify for forgiveness, borrowers must earn less than $125,000 a year or less than $250 a year for married couples. And Americans who went to college on Pell Grants, they're eligible for $20,000 in loan forgiveness. I have a question which you may be able to answer um, because there's a difference there. If you had a Pell Grant instead of a, a, I guess, a traditional loan, uh, you get double the money. What is a Pell Grant and why would this uh, discrepancy be there? You know, I've looked this up before. A Pell Grant is a thing for super, uh, for people who are low in, super low income. And it's a big deal. Uh, I'm going to look it up now and we're going to read from the wiki page. Oh, well, you mean the uh, the Book of Knowledge? Is that what it is? Book of the Book of Knowledge. Federal Pell Grants are usually awarded only to undergraduate students who display exceptional fina- exceptional financial financial need and not earned a bachelor's graduate. Whatever that, how does that continue? Um, huh? You're, you're mumbling. You're just mumbling. Now. I'm sorry. Sorry, because it's this mumbles is, on No, but this is as a good podcaster, you got to you know, have some words you just kind of say while you're reading. You know, like, uh, in my opinion, as I scan this uh, document. Pell uh, Grants usually are awarded only to undergraduate students who are display exceptional financial needs. That means they're broke and have <laughs> not earned a bachelor's degree or a, preferent, or a professional degree. In other words, you're an undergrad, you're a just going to college. Ah, okay. In some cases, however, a student uh, enrolled in a post-baccalaureate teacher certification program might receive a federal Pell Grant. Hmm. That means they're, you're poor. You're really poor. Okay. all right. And you get free money. All right, good. Um, so there's a couple of angles to this that need to be discussed. Uh, it, it doesn't even seem that the amount of money that this will be is actually clear. You know, the, the number is 300 billion. Uh, you know, uh, uh, so the main point of this, the way I see it, and then I got a clip to play. This is uh, going to be an election issue. It may be one of the election issues. Maybe uh, Roe v. Wade is a little tired and played out. You know, that'll just boil down to the same old uh, pro-choice, pro-life. In this case, they've extended the, um, the you know, people have not had to pay their, uh, their student loans off during the pandemic. That's been extended several times. This is, as a part of this, it's said, and I think that, may, that will come in some executive order, um, they will extend those deferment of payments until December. 
Um, which means people yeah, after the election. Yes, yeah. of course. So people will be all you know happy and jitty about you know not paying anything, and this will be the argument. Oh, the Rep- the Republicans they got the Republicans don't want you to have that. The Republicans hate you because of course it's obvious and everyone knows that this is to buy voters, and it's okay. It's it to me. It's like hey, that's pretty transparent. Of course, we get the whole fairness chat and all of that shit. Uh, but this is purely a political ploy, Democrats versus Republicans. The Republicans are going to continue to say this is inflationary, which I believe it is. Uh, uh, yeah. And this is uh, Peter Ducey of the uh, famous Ducey clan uh, questioning uh, Kareen Abdul-Jabbar Von Dam about who's going to pay for it. And she dropped something very interesting in here, uh, which I looked into and have some research on and it's a big fat lie of course a big fat lie here we go again here's what we have done here's what here's about how much it might cost it might not cost who is paying for this what we are saying is the the work that this administration (laughs) has done the work that the democrats in congress has done is actually there and you see that the 1.7 trillion uh deficit in deficit uh deduction that you see is is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class to do something do for the middle class this is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000 $1.7 trillion that's what we've been able to do but when you forgive debt you're not just disappearing debt so but, who is paying for but, this and then I'll give you the second part we lifted the pause oh. right we're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year which is going to matter right which is going to offset uh, a lot of what what we're doing as well. Uh, when you think about the the four billion dollars that are going that's going to go back uh, into as as revenue back into uh, this process of folks uh, paying paying right their college tuition that matters as well. So we are doing this in a smart way. We are doing this in a way that's going to be effective. Uh, we are doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room who need some breathing room. I just I just laid out I just laid out for you. No, Peter, I just laid out for you how we're seeing this process and why this matters. Again, I just laid out I just I just laid out because of the work that we have done in the economy, because of the American Rescue Plan, uh, because of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and because all of this work that this president has done is actually has brought down our deficit by 1.7 trillion dollars. Unlike what Republicans did when they added to our deficit two trillion dollars and did not care at all or thought about how this was going to be paid for they did not actually put in a process or thought think about how we're going to do this in a smart way okay so she is completely on message because the whole point is republicans did nothing look what we're doing there's two numbers in here the first one the 1.7 trillion dollars now what she's saying is this administration old joe reduce the deficit by 1.7 billion trillion dollars so adding a couple billion like you know 300 i've heard 500 billion adding that is actually it's all going to even out because look what we did we brought it down by 1.7 this is we're fantastic <laughs> this is horseshit what happened you, is, wait wait let me write that down stop writing it down <laughs> just copy paste from the last time this i said horseshit of course yes but i want to explain it i want to explain it but but here's what bothers me i'm before i i'm i'm all ears but what bothers me is that she is so stupid <laughs> 
She's visibly stupid. Visibly stupid. She should be a podcaster here. Yeah, or she should have been at that conference. Go yeah. on. <laughs> the one point, so before COVID, the deficit was about a trillion dollars. During COVID, that rose at one point to as high as almost $3 trillion. The $1.7 trillion, and the deficit is, all it is is um, the amount of money that the U.S. government spent versus the amount of money that came in through uh, tax revenues. So that's the difference. We're missing a trillion every single year. It's been that way for a number of years, this trillion-dollar number. Um, there's also caps on it. You know, that's why they have to vote every, uh, every six months to raise that. But this was all PPP loans, STEMI checks. All of these $1.7 trillion programs expired expired during the Biden term. And it's now back to about a trillion-dollar deficit. So we're kind of back to where we were pre-COVID. Now, that money is still on the books, but the deficit is back to a trillion because those $1.7 trillion expired. They were spent. It's done. It's not an ongoing deficit. So she's full of it in that regard. What's interesting is the $4 billion number. She said, you know, yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money, but we're also going to get $4 billion in that you can't, you got to acknowledge that, uh, Peter. What is that $4 billion? That $4 billion is what every single uh, debt owner will have to pay because it's accrued interest during the you don't have to pay period. The meter just kept on running. Everyone's going to have to pay more. A total of $4 billion in interest that you accrued because you weren't paying. They didn't stop the interest payments or the interest calculation. So, so she's actually jitty that these poor people are going to be paying more, especially people who don't qualify, but all right, $125,000 minimum is probably not a lot of people. So that's what's going on. But who will pay for it? Maybe ABC can answer. A nonpartisan budget group estimates Biden's plan could cost taxpayers $500 billion over the next decade. Reporters pressed the White House on the cost. You can do that and not... Uh, but here's the thing. The this is something that is going to be important for middle class Americans. And you think about what Republicans did just a couple of years There's ago. Your meme. Uh, they they signed off on a two trillion dollar. What do you think the chances are they're not going to answer it and only focus on the Republicans not doing anything over there at ABC? Uh, what? That's what you do. So that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. Billion dollar tax cut. Yeah, but you know, we we have to be more than just sarcastic. Otherwise, people don't understand that. This is just how it works. Dollar, uh, trillion dollar tax cut for. Th- Ooh, she laughed. I didn't hear the the laugh. I don't have that on my clip. Oh yeah, she laughed. Oh, I they signed that. off on a two trillion dollar, uh, trillion dollar tax cut for the wealthy, and did not provide any way to pay uh, for that. Bullcrap. Uh huh. And There's, that again. That was never a write off for the wealthy. Here's what we have done. Here's what here's a lot about how much it might cost. It might not cost. Who is paying for this? The administration is trying to reassure Americans, comparing the plan to the financial assistance that businesses got during the pandemic. Small business owners needed a little bit of support, and we provided that to keep them open and keep them in business. And we're investing in Americans right now. But White House advisor Susan Rice refused to give an estimate on the plan's cost. Well, that 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 remains to be determined, and it will be a function of what percentage of eligible borrowers actually take up this opportunity. Please take note that Susan Rice is back in the limelight. The twerp is back. 
She's doing interviews everywhere. What that's all about. They're uncloaking. You're going to make her secretary of state finally? mm, Good one. They're uncloaking. They're uncloaking. They're slow. Yeah, would you remember the original uncloaking of her was to make her secretary of state? After she was in, U- in the yeah. UN, and then she everyone everyone like, hated her because uh, she's a Republican. What? <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Why didn't she become Secretary of State? Well, I think there was a people in the background: Hillary Clinton, for example. Oh uh, yeah, no, of course. Uh, John Kerry, these people that are more deserving right, right, than right. the twerp who comes in out of nowhere, who's <laughs> just one of the people in the back office. <laughs> the and, twerp uh, is on deck. I'm going to call it. You know who we're going to see start seeing doing interviews next? Valerie, Valerie Jarrett. Jarrett. Yep, Valerie Jarrett. She's coming. I can smell yeah, it. Yeah, but she's not on deck to be positioned anywhere unless it's chief of staff or something along those lines. I don't know. Maybe she is already. She is Obama's representative. You know, that will be the. Well, so is Rice. The two of why. them are like a two tag team. They're un- they're uncloaking. But she was. But Susan Rice, I believe, this is what I think, because I I was keeping tabs on her. I think she was promised Secretary of State by Obama. Ah. Never delivered. Yes. Never delivered. Mm-hmm. Bounced her around mm-hmm. and, you know, here and there. And I think that promise is still in play. And now this, she's going to, who's Secretary of State now? It's the. Uh, uh, Blinken. Uh, Blinken. 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 Uh, that guy's got to go. <laughs> there is one uh, interesting little hitch to this uh, political issue that has been launched is. Something that Nancy Pelosi talked about uh, the, in the beginning when this, when this whole debt forgiveness came about. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. And um, uh, I, I, I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that... And, implies a transgression it's not to be forgiven get just freeing people from those obligations uh, so it, it it the question of who gets forgiven what to use the term of art that is out there uh, is a is a debate do we use the, whatever money there is for the broadest base of support of the those with um more people with even less debt or fewer people with more debt, that's a policy discussion. But the difference between the president doing the president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. Not everybody realizes that, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive. So maybe the uh, this will be the our life for the next couple of months is uh, everyone arguing about can the president do it or not or does it have no, to go through Congress? No, it's not going to be the way they play it. Are you sure? Here's the way it's going to be played in the way I'm seeing it. Biden does this, size the executive order, which he can't do. The Republicans point it out and sue him, or somebody That's in the Republicans right, yeah. sue. Yeah. yeah, and then the Republicans look like the bad guys. I was going to give you all this money, and then the Republicans came along and took it away. Well, that's, They're never going to mention the fact that he didn't have the power in the first place. That's never going to—you find—that's an old clip. Not that old. 
Well, it's old enough that no one's going to bring but, it up again. But you're, but you're making my point. It's going. That's going to be the issue. It's going to be the Republicans versus the Democrats suing over how this done and who can do it. And that'll go on until Election Day. And you're absolutely right. The Democrats will say they hate you. They don't want to give any money. We're good. We're pure. We're serene. We want to give you money. And and this is what we're going to be hearing for the next couple of months. Yeah, here's the here's Ugh. the problem with this with this idea. <laughs> okay, here's the Curry Devorek Consulting Group, which, by the way, its acronym is CDC. Just saying. Yeah, I, I noticed. <laughs> uh, so the um, the people that are eligible to get the ten thousand dollars off are already Democrats. Yeah, they're going to vote Democrat if they're going to vote at all. A lot of them are lazy; they're not going to vote much, and they're just like, like there's a bunch of people at Mevio that were in this camp, and they're all hate Trump haters, and they they're just a knee jerk everything. And it's not going to change the outcome of any upcoming elections because they they it's not going to drive. It's going to the Republicans have a chance to pick up votes because of the unfairness. Because, you know, the Democrats are always like, the fair, fair, this has got to be fair. We've got to have equality, fairness, equity, fairness, equity, fairness. Equity. But yeah, fairness. But no, you're right. The word is fairness. It's not fair. What exactly is the precise definition of fair? I don't know. Look it up while I'm ranting. Mm-hmm. So the, the Republicans can come up with a fair, fair, fair. Th- Oops. I think they gain points on this. I think the, the Democrats aren't going to get anywhere with this. I mean, it's, I, don't, I don't think the, that many... Republicans are think that I mean I don't think that many of them are up to their ears in debt. Maybe some of them, a lot of them, but they're they'd probably be honest with themselves. Fair definition in accordance with the rules or standards. Well, there's no rules or standards. Also, legitimate. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Without cheating or trying to achieve unjust advantage, you know, uh, beautiful hair, fair hair. So fair, fair, fair is kind of meaningless, people. <laughs> but it's not fair. Yeah, is it really not fair? Isn't life not fair? Just taking the other side of the argument for a minute. Just taking the other side of the argument. Is it really an unfair thing? Is it unfair? Uh, there's lots of unfairness uh, when it comes to oh, money. Oh, so the that's the rationale? No, I'm asking you. Yeah, it's really not fair. If I went through college and I had a $20,000 student loan, I did have a student loan, a small one. But back in the day, it wasn't needed. Uh, so I took the money and just invested it in stocks. Right, right. Good time to do it, here's, by the way. Here's how, uh, here's how the left is, is doing this fair debate on Twitter. Is it... Is it unfair that people had to ride in uh, in horse drawn carriages and other people got to ride in cars? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I think that's called false equivalency. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, fair or not, I'd like to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you, the man who put the sea in reasons to cuss, ladies and gentlemen. Please say hello to my friend on the other end, Mr. John C. Devorah. Well. Mr. Adam Curry and the more ships, sea boots, the ground feet, the air subs in the water and all the dames and nights out there. In the morning to all the trolls in the troll room. Hey, yo, trolls. How you doing? It's good to see you all there. I've been in nice and early to see everybody and everyone's more or less playing nice. Maybe we should count them for a second. Let's Joke see. Out. All right. How many trolls do you have scurrying away under that bridge? Nasty ass trolls. Let's see. Our count is 2070. Isn't that an improvement for a Thursday? 
It's a big improvement. We had 1,700 last Thursday. Everybody wanted the, the, the podcast movement report. They wanted no, they, to be, they, they got it. I, <laughs> well, they got it if they wanted it or not. <laughs> but it was a good, entertaining report. Thank you. Uh, the trolls are in the troll room. This is um, a great place to be if you have the opportunity to listen live to the show. But you can always go there 24 hours a day. There's always some trolls hanging out all across Gitmo Nation. And they also listen simultaneously to No Agenda Stream, which is the best podcast network in the universe. No ads, uh, all talk and fun and no agenda. Although it's not always all talk. Sometimes there's music. Um, and, that's, and a lot of those shows are live. Now, I'd like to remind everybody, we have uh, one of those new podcast apps, which is really dynamite, Podverse. And Podverse allows you to um, to receive a signal, like a you know, regular phone notification, when no agenda goes live. And then you tap on it, you open it up, you're right in the troll room in the same app that you get the podcast in. So consider that Podverse. That's part of podcasting 2.0, believe it or not. Now we'd like to thank the artist for episode 1479, aptly titled MacGuffin. <laughs> Thank you for everybody for sending in the explanation of MacGuffin. I think we kind of got it the first time. <laughs> and Capitalist Agenda, the one with the sticks of dynamite, the Zippo lighter, adorning the tomato for tomato flu. <laughs> it was a nice looking piece. I, I don't, did we have a number of things to look for? Or to well, choose? I would like, I like the uh, Paul Couture piece the most because I thought it was more artsy. It was more artsy, but I felt and it was. And you a, hated it. I did not hate it. It was a you very. It was too grim or something. No, I thought it wouldn't make sense to anybody to just see this weird guy with a test tube and a tomato and. That yeah, was a flask, by the way. Flask. No, it wasn't a flask. It's one of those. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, no, it's a different name. Is that a, a flask? flask? I thought. Uh, I really. Really, it's one of those yeah. science tumblers. It's a flask. It's a science tumbler. Okay, Uh, science tumbler. (laughs) There was uh, Sir Michael Anthony's monkey dog, which you thought was like, that's interesting. It was a good piece, but it was kind of gross. A little weird. Nestwork said the Four Seasons, Four Shots. I thought that was nice. And I also liked the French rat soup by Lone Wolf. Yeah. I don't even know what I liked. I don't think, I was just... In a bad mood. I didn't like anything. You were in a bad mood and you didn't like anything. <laughs> you just make shit up on the spot. You're great. <laughs> well, what? we are very thankful to Capitalist Agenda <laughs> and, of course, to all of the artists who participate in this wonderful post or wonderful show competition, which is Make the Album Art. It's really important uh, that we have continuously changing album art. It's a big part of the marketing for the show. Uh, we're one of the few, if not the only one, that consistently has been doing it for this, this amount of time. And if you're listening live, you can uh, play along by just going to noagendaartgenerator.com. You can refresh the page or go back at any time and look at all of them. Um, and uh, you can also participate yourself. You just register, sign up, upload your art, you're good to go. Um, and you too can be uh, scrutinized and criticized. <laughs> Some people seem to like it. And we do appreciate all of that artwork. Some people dislike it. Some do, and I understand that. But this Yeah, is- they're not professional artists. A professional artist is used to being abused. And they expect it. Yeah, but they're, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we're just carrying on a fine tradition and we're very, exactly very right. proud of it. Uh, now let's thank um, our executive and associate executive producers in today's Value for Value. Hopefully people are listening 
who uh, were, have interest in value for value because they're all kind of like, well, I don't quite know how to do it. And said, so, well, here's, here's, here's the thing. You got to ask people to support you and you got to tell them why. And all we say is we believe we're providing excellent value, six hours of media deconstruction a week. What does that mean to you? What kind of value are you getting from this? Uh, put that into numbers and send it to us. We can't determine what's valuable to you. $5 may be a huge amount of money to you. Uh, some people have much more to spend or they got so much value that they're spending it on supporting the show instead of other things. I can't explain it. It's a human phenomenon. Quitting their PBS subscription and giving it to us. That, of course, is an excellent reason. And we kick it off with um, Jack Wilson. Oh, from Marietta, Georgia. And Jack comes in with 1033.33. Very nice. Um, It says... Sent note to. Yes, I have it. Do you have it? Hold on a second. I got a, a cup on top. What? what? Okay. Uh, here's the deal with Jack. Yeah, Jack has a deal. So I, I, I saw it when his donation came in, and he says, sent note to. And I said, uh, I sent him a note. I sent him an email. I said, where'd you send this note to? I don't have it. He says, I sent it to notes at noagendashow.com. Oh, that won't work. It's noagendashow.net. Well, he sent it to noagendashow.com. Now, did you, were you able to reply to him and say, send it again, dude? No, No. he did it anyway. (laughs) Oh, good. And you have. Yeah, look at. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. (laughs) You know what? I printed it. Good. Jingles. Uh, Jingles, just get vaccinated with no. Obama, you might die. Screw your freedoms. Okay. And two to the head. Okay. ITM, comrades. I was hit in the mouth by my ex-coworker, Mitch, 14 years ago. And I'm in serious need of a de-douching. You've been de-douched. Aha. Now I can call him out as a douchebag. Douchebag. <laughs> I came for the second half of his show and stayed for the jokes. Yo. I made excuses for not donating and thank you all and all you producers, knights and dames who have kept the show going for this long. My former boss donated on the show and I was sure he was a douchebag. Uh, I was at the moment I knew I had to claim a, a knighthood fast. I have been in the industrial laundry industry for 24 years, and oh. I currently was one of those guys driving one of those, there's those fleet of trucks. How about that? I currently work for a laundry equipment manufacturer in sales. Okay, claiming the industry, uh, claiming the industry, the doors are going to fly open. Hmm. Therefore, I'm humbled to claim Sir Jack of the industrial laundries. I uh, like ribeye and some backwoods apple pie moonshine at the round table. Oh, hold on. I got to write that one down. Uh, ribeye and? Some backwoods apple pie moonshine for the backwoods round table. Backwoods apple pie moonshine. Okay. Yeah. Got it. YouTube provide the best media deconstruction in the universe, Jack. Oops, sorry. That's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Get vaccinated. You you might die. Screw your freedom. And he left a no out. Oh. You've got karma. I'm sorry. It'll come up again. Do I have to do it over? I think it's at this rate. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's probably bad if I don't do it over. Okay. You know what? 
here's what we'll do. Just like I learned here at uh, the podcast movement. Uh, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll just edit it out. Don't worry. We'll fix it in post. Get vaccinated. You, you might die. Ah, no. fuck, I do it wrong again. No, you did okay. No, the no. Get vaccinated. Shouldn't the no? Oh, right, right, right. You need no after to get vaccinated. <laughs> okay, we're going. We're going all the I way. I don't even now. know what I'm doing either. No, we're going all the way. So get vaccinated. No, then screw your freedom. Then to no, then Obama, you might die. Oh, then oh, screw oh, your freedom. Oh, oh shoot. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh no. And then the two to the head. No, I'm really messed up. Okay, so here's where Obama comes in. Oh man, this is a disaster. What a train wreck. No wonder they don't let me present at podcast movement. It's just, you're not there to present jingles. Get vaccinated. No. You, you might not. Screw your freedom. There you go. Perfecto. Thank you. That was tiring. Uh, okay, next, I'll read this one because the next one is interestingly $1,000.33. Another 33 cents. Dave Edwards in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, Dave sent in a note, which I have here. Uh, Hi, John and Adam. Dave here, brother of John, episode 1435 and 1458, who hit me in the mouth. I write today for a dedouching. You've been dedouched. And hopefully to become a knight. I appreciate what you two do with the No Agenda show by discussing media and showing people that much of what they were shown on television is political truth of sorts that is a false embodiment of the objective truth hidden far beneath. Thank you for digging through the sludge of narrative to uncover objective truth whenever possible. It has inspired me to do similarly. Please direct the (laughs) audience to my Insta, my Instagram account, at ZHCommenter, where I uh, curate the comments section of ZeroHedge.com, one of the few remaining open comment sections for mass media outlets. It is both fun and informative, and both you guys would probably enjoy it. And he requests the, the name Knight ZH Commenter. Uh, no jingles, would, no karma. I would karma. enjoy that. I would enjoy it too. It'll last, I think it'll probably last about five minutes before Instagram uh, blocks hey, you. Hey, what's this guy doing? Get rid of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but beautiful, Dave. And he has no jingles, no karma. Thank you very much. We'll see you on the podium. Aaron Zaid in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, comes in next. He's at $500.33. He asked the proverbial question, is it weird that I use your guy's podcast as a white noise to fall asleep? <laughs> Also, John, you butchered my last name after my initial $1,000 donation. Try again. Uh, Moving forward, I am Sir White Noise of the Midwest. No clips, but Adam, what's your favorite strain? Jack Harrier, of course. What? Jack Harrier. What's your favorite strain mean? Oh, of uh, uh, marijuana. Oh, it is not Aaron Zaid. I don't know. This I don't well, know. I butchered it. I don't know how you butcher. I mean, it's either Zid or Zid. I'd say Zid. How <laughs> about how about Ziddy? Aaron could Ziddy. be Ziddy. Ziddy. But saying Zid instead of Ziddy. Hey everybody! It's not. Hey everybody! Call it's WHCZZ100. You're getting busy with Ziddy. Woohoo! I'm Aaron. I don't think that's quote unquote butchering it, but okay. No, you're so I mean, if it's a Dutch name, I can see you suddenly call me out for butchering. You're so sensitive. 
Jim Schneeberger, Baron Jim Bobwe of Swazi of Shotsiland, and Baroness Marianne, Marianne Schneeberger. Together they donate. 366.65. They're from Cary, North Carolina. Gentlemen, still increase of the monthly donation of 33.33. Whoa. Slight increase. I'm sorry. Slight increase. It's quite an increase. Two recent expenses. 333.3 airport parking. $33.30 petrol. Can't ignore the numbers. Requesting a title change from my wife, Marianne, to Baroness Marianne Schneeberger, damsel of overcoming disaster and being the glue that keeps the family together. And they close with... I don't with, think she's on the list, is she? Oh, I thought we did have a title change. Uh, yeah, there's one, but somebody being a baron. Oh, well, this is, uh, this is a good catch. Let me, f- complete, uh, let me complete the note here. Uh, where are we? In the uh, thank you for the sanity, Baron Jim Bobway of Shotsyland and Baroness Marianne Schneeberger, damsel of overcoming disaster and being the glue that keeps the family together. And I'll put her on the list right now. And as you do that, unless there's jingles, I'll continue with Tom Pyburn. And he's in Athens, Alabama, 333.34. In the morning, gentlemen, this executive producer donation is in honor of my wife, Rhonda Pyburn's 54th birthday. She's on the list yesterday and brings her to dame status. And nice. She's on the list for that, she as is, far as yes. I can tell. She is. She is now known to all Gitmo Nation as Dame Rhonda, the happy fun killer. <laughs> she requests John's favorite rye whiskey and donkey tacos at the round table. Nice. Donkey tacos? Well, you know, why not? Huh? Uh, thanks to you two, we are keeping our amygdala small and insanity at bay. <laughs> Cheers to not finding an exit strategy. Jingles, biscuit on my birthday, Biden, take the shot. No, two to the head and yak karma. Uh, and then she's got, he's got some accounting and. So I'm uh, sorry, I, I, I need some information from you, man. What is your. Best f- regards, Tom. What is your favorite rye whiskey? Oh man, I, I have a new one too. And it's like, uh. Uh, I can't remember. It's got an obscure name, but it's unbelievably tasty. <laughs> Did you actually tasty. say, oh, man, oh, man, I've got a new one. Oh, too. man, my rye favorite rye. But let's just go with, uh, what's another one I like? There's a couple of old ones. Uh, let's just go. I'm going to go with an old classic, Old Overholt. Old is, Overholt? Yeah, they make a rye. Okay. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. Get vaccinated. No. <laughs> You've got karma. Next up with, uh, let me see. Wait, did I? Yes. Uh, surrender. Surrender. There we go. Surrender. From Mansfield, Texas, 333.33. Thank you for a great show. He says, I'd like to add a shout out to my wonderful wife. This week is our 38th anniversary and they never had a fight. I couldn't imagine being with anyone else. I turned 62 on Friday as well, and it's not the new 52. That's a scam. Surrender. <laughs> he does not feel 52, apparently. Lindsay Nolacek in Thorpe. Ah, Nolacek Meats. Nolacek Meats from Thorpe, Wisconsin. Uh, 333.33. And their, their products are dynamite. Greetings and ITM from everyone at Nolichek's Meats in Thorpe, Wisconsin. You can look them up on the internet. You can order by mail. 
this donation is long overdue, and when the house number of Chad's Airbnb last win- weekend was 333, I knew it was time to share some treasure with no agenda. Please give the executive producer credit. This is Switcheroo. Uh-oh. The Chad Nolichek. Okay. It's been a beautiful summer, and time is flying by, and things are moving right along at Nolichek's. This, uh, at this point, is mind over matter because insanity is going on around us. doesn't seem to be lighting up anytime soon, so we're learning to control what we can and focus on our blessings. And we've started saying, if you don't laugh, you'll cry a lot. <laughs> if listeners are inclined, Dolichek is offering 20% off of orders, $50 or more for all orders placed online. Discounts automatically apply to checkout, and no code is needed. Easy peasy. Visit www.nolichekmeetscomtosh.com uh, to shop. That's N-O-L-E-C-H-E-K meets. <laughs> a plug because of the quality. Well, not just Please. the quality, not just the quality, um, but there's a very tight connection between Nolichek's and No Agenda Nation. When they had trouble with the FDA and the mask crap, everyone yeah. supported them. And now, yeah, as the food shortages come, we're going to reverse it. The Nolichek's are going to keep us fed. Please share a hearty dose of you got karma for everyone. Also, I did the work and hit someone in the mouth, so I can check that off my bucket list. That's <laughs> a never-ending project, by the way. We have to keep doing that. Right. Uh, please call out Joel as a douchebag. Oh, sorry about that. Douchebag. That's what I'm talking thank, about. Thank you both for all you guys, uh, to all you guys to bring the best podcast universe to the masses. And to the producers for sharing your time, talents, and treasure to support the show. No Agenda Nation. Uh, thank you for your courage. Cheers, Lindsay Nolichek. And here's the karma for everybody. You've got karma. I don't have a note from Shirley O'Brien, who's in Dover, New Jersey. I couldn't find anything. 333.33. We appreciate it. Send us uh, your note. Uh, notes at noagendashow.net. Moving on to Dame Wayne. Hey, what about her double karma? Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh! I forgot about that. It's been, it's been a, um, it's been a troubling time, John. Well, you're in Dallas. <laughs> it's not just, da- it's not just Dallas. There's more than that. You've got karma. And what happens in Dallas gets reported on the podcast. Uh, Dame Wen of the Lakes is in Medford Lakes, $300, New Jersey, that is. Dear John Adam, it was a a successful first Tidewater area meetup. Twelve slaves were present, Knights Dame, Spook, dude named Ben, bridge inspectors. Also, can you believe, a dedicated listener since episode 17. 17? Holy crap. Please find a $300 donation. Uh, sent via uh, CC for a credit card from from our meetup. <coughs> Bless you. Could we get a goat karma for all? Thank you for your courage, Dame Wen of the Lakes, and she's at wenfitness.com. Thank you very much. You got <laughs> karma. A sneeze karma. A rare sneeze karma. Very nice. Sneeze karma. Two forty two fifty nine comes from Lo- Loida Rivera in El Raya, El Raya. Ohio uh, card came in. Thank you card, as a matter of fact. And it reads thus. Thank you for keeping us sane on a regular basis. You two have become like family. Ooh. I would like this donation to be credited. Ah, this is another switcheroo. 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 To, to my fiance, David Barons, B-A-R-E-N-S. We're all getting, we are all, we are getting married next month. Aww. Uh 
uh, I you got yourself a keeper, hit, David. He, you got a good one. Yeah, she's doing the right thing. He <laughs> hit me in the mouth eight years ago by putting the show on during our car ride on our first date. Risky, <laughs> risky, and, and that sealed yeah, the risky, deal. Risky, but it's a it. Hey, cuts to the chase, right? Cuts to the get chase. right to it. Are you are you with no agenda nation, or do I have to kick why, out of this? Why vehicle? fool around? Why right. wait and Don't wait? Don't even mess a moment. Exactly. Yeah. I thought to myself, what the hell is this? As I listened to... <laughs> it's a good note. <laughs> as I listened to the jingles for the first time, please put me in line for the birthday list. His birthday is on the 24th of August. Uh, or put him on the on the birthday list. I think he's on the list. I don't know. I'll check. Uh, but take a look and see if he's on the birthday list. Thank you for your courage, little heart. Love, Lorda. Uh, he was on the 24th, you said? Yes. Oh, Barris. B-A-R-E-U-S. Barris. I guess Barris. B-E-R-E-U-S. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Barris. That's right. All right. Yeah, I can see. And she also has a little paw print next to her name, which means she owns a dog. A paw print? There's a dog owner. They do that. Hold on. Let me see. B-A-R-E-U-S. Okay. Got it. Good note. Thanks. Um, Very good note. Marty Moskowitz is associate executive producer 216 from Friday Harbor, Washington. After being hit in the mouth by my son Scott last year, I'm making this donation to commemorate my 70th trip around the sun this coming Monday and need a dedouching. You've been dedouched. Your media deconstruction is priceless and should be required listening for all. I would also like to call out Elliot Fine as a douchebag. Douchebag. Marty Moskowitz, San Juan Island, Washington. Let's take the next one, too. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Rebecca <laughs> is in Sandy, Utah, 208.25. And she says, Dear John Adam, my oldest human resource, uh, Nikolai, turns 15 today on 825. And all he asked for was a de-douching for his birthday and a call-out. You've been de-douched. What a great mom. Happy birthday and may this year be full of media deconstruction, amygdala blockers, and safe driving in the morning. Love from mom and Steve. Oh, I guess uh, at 15 you can get a learner's permit? Or you could start uh, a driver's ed, I guess? I think so. At school? Now, then she has a, a, a very long note about the origin of how she came to No Agenda, and she says we can redact it. I think, um, Rebecca, that it's just beautiful that you wished a happy birthday to your son, and you gave him this associate executive producership, and I'd just like to throw in a goat, and we'll leave it at that, because that's happy. Everything else you went through is rough, <laughs> but you are great parents, that's for sure. You've got karma. Up next is Sean and Brittany. This is Brittany in San Pedro, California. 200 bucks. Uh, hello, John and Adam. And oh, there's a card, a nice little card with some communist thing on the back. Hey, oh, oh, uh, hey hello, quite a question. John. Should we also give uh, Ryan the, the credit, even though she doesn't ask for it? We want you to put, do the dual credit, her oh, yeah, okay, and the yeah, son. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. It works. Yes, thank you. John, Adam, and all of you other producers. Uh, thanks for keeping this show going all these years. Brittany and I are excited to announce our first human resource coming in October, and it's a boy. Ah, you guys no, wait, are wait, the wait. best. Hey, wait, we don't know that. 
we have to wait until your human resource chooses Zem's gender. I'm assuming that it's a boy. <laughs> you guys are the best. Could we get a yak karma for an easy third trimester and birth? Sean and Brittany of San Pedro. You've got karma. Very nice. Oh, by the way, I really like the card she sent. Got nice. Fauci on the. I don't know if they scan the other no, side. No, I only got the back. I didn't it's see it. It's very funny. Very what? funny. Okay. It's got a picture of Fauci and some sort of a punk rock looking, <laughs> fascist looking thing, and it <laughs> says, Trust the scientism. <laughs> you sure it's more, is it more like a, a BDSM outfit? That's what I kind of it's, envision it would be. No. Uh, well. Um, over to Olympia, Washington, associate executive producer Arthur Saint, $200. Hello, Jack Knobs. <laughs> This is an interesting way to start your note. Hello, Jack Knobs. It's the hubby's birthday, Arthur Saint, and he still wants to donate to your racket. Oh, it's a joke. It's a joke. So here I am sending (laughs) money to you fools again. I've been hearing no agenda says for 10 plus years, and you are so irritating. (laughs) Thank you. That is love. When there's a, a couple, I guess... And uh, one really hates us, <laughs> and yet will donate. Love that. Thank you. That that's that's a great relationship right there. Natalie Brown's up, and she comes in from Harriman, Utah, two hundred dollars, and she writes simply, "Happy tenth anniversary, Sean. No. Thank you for taking care of me and our four beautiful human resources. And we never had a fight. I give them some karma. You got it." No fighting karma. You've got karma. Uh, no note for William F- uh, Frank Frank Frankhauser. Frank Frankhauser. You don't have anything from me either. In Columbus, Ohio. No, I have nothing from him. Double up karma. Yeah, so double give up him karma. a double karma, and it would be good. You've got karma. Well, that's our group of. Uh, Producers, executive producers to be specific, and executive, uh, associate executive producers, executive, associate executive for show 1480. We've got 20 shows to go before we hit 1500. And I want to thank these people for really uh, helping out at the top end of the uh, donation spectrum. Um, for those of you who are new to the Value for Value segment on No Agenda, the way it works is these credits are actual credits just like Hollywood, or maybe even the Podcast Academy would recognize them. But you might want to check over at imdb.com. That's where you see many executive producers of the No Agenda show and associate executive producers with some real big Hollywood names. Um, and don't let anyone deny it. If you need someone to vouch, we'll be happy to do it for you. If you'd like to become an executive producer or associate executive producer of the No Agenda Show, go here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Thank you once again for your time, talent, treasure for 1480. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So I've got some, I've got a triple, triple, triple. I got three gender clips. I got three education clips, actually four, and three uh, pronoun clips. Okay. So, wow. Uh, you want, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, this is your beat. You've been on this. Uh, uh, you, in fact, I hope you get it out of your system because now you are actually, something you rarely do 
You're DMing me on Twitter. What is, are you okay? <laughs> Do you need assistance? Are well, you being I, held most hostage? Most of the ones I send to you, I don't use on the show. And I think they're just, I, I don't know why you don't think they're hilarious. I find these things to be incredibly funny. But I've seen, it's, it, it just blends together. It becomes, hey, I've seen this for the past three days. Okay, well, here we go. Let's go with the pronoun clips. There's three of them. That's the easiest ones to deal with. And so we were getting lectured by these these smugly types on pronouns and what they use and why they use them and all the rest of it. So let's start with this. Is called, they're all under, these are all under talk, uh, T-O-K. Uh, this, is cute. this is a pronoun exp- explaining. This is educational part of the show. Hugh, it, and other neo-pronouns. There are like millions of options for neo-pronouns. A lot of people even like make up their own ones. I'm just going to do some of the popular ones. We'll start with it. Hello, it would really like a vanilla cone with uh, chocolate sprinkles. And it would really like it in a bowl if you can do that with a spoon. It's just less messy that way. All right, we appreciate it. So another one I wanted to do was Hugh. It's Hugh Hughes Hume. And it kind of is short for human, um, which I really like because I I just identify as a human. I don't really have a gender identity right now, Um, but it would sound something like this. Hugh would really like a vanilla cone. I'll get it to Hume. Thank you. (laughs) Hugh? Hugh and Hume. Hugh and Hume. This is fun. It's a fun exercise. Everyone can know. Did you know this? Any of these things? You don't know these things. Let's try this one. This is a, uh, this is the you are propag- is, You are propagating child abuse. This is, these women are all mature. This is a N, this is knee, nem, and near. Buckle up, everybody. It's time to talk about my pronouns. Hold on, Let stop, me buckle stop, up, stop. buckle up, buckle up. What is this buckle up bull crap that we keep hearing in these clips? It's the opposite. Why do of, we have to buckle up? It's, well, it comes to you from the same people who told you to pump the brakes. Well, pump the brakes and buckle up. Here we go. Buckle up, everybody. It's time to talk about my pronouns. I use the pronoun set knee, nem, near. Knee, nem, near. Um, and it's a gender-neutral pronoun set. It's a neo-pronoun. The word neo-pronoun makes it sound like it's not been around for very long. My specific pronouns have been around for over 100 years. Um, <laughs> neo-pronouns are not that new of a thing. <laughs> we just came up with new words that fit us better. It's fine. An example of how to use them would be the sentence, Nee went to the market with near friends who love them. Nee went to the market with near friends who love them. So that is Nem over there. Uh, this is near room. Uh, I really, I really liked Nem. He was nice. <laughs> At the end, she says he. I'm telling you, she screwed it up and said he. But hold on, hold on, hold on, let me listen again. Uh, I really, I really liked Nem. He was nice. Ah! (laughs) Send her to the gulag. Pronoun violation. Oh my goodness. Oh my, oh my. Pronoun violation, pronoun violation. Pronoun violation. Make sure you give me some buttons. So... (laughs) Now, this is the, this under T-O-V. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, this is a woman who used... These are all women. Did you notice this? I have noticed. Yeah. This it has not gone who, unnoticed. It has not gone unnoticed. Her, her pronoun is God. Oh, that's, that's not at all polarizing. 
So let's listen to how she rationalizes. This is a little longer than the other ones, but it's it's, it's very uh, educational. I'm very um, pleased with the audio quality of these clips. It, re- it really hits home. Could Can anyone get a mic on these people, a lav? <laughs> Sorry. Wake up. Not get, my fault. Where's the snowball, peep? Odd pronoun so offensive to people. Like, it's a pronoun. Get over it. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to say my pronouns real quick. And why? So he spelled H-Y. Um, is because I'm agender and I just like the masculinity, but I don't want to be associated with men. That's why he H Y, right? Then I have they them. Hold on. She said I I like. Oh. I don't want to be associated with. This this one here. Why? I don't want to be associated um, with men. I, no, she said something else. Hold on. Um, is because I'm agender and I just like the masculinity, but I don't want to be associated with men. I like the masculinity. But I don't want to be associated with men. That's and yeah, that okay. and that is now exactly would, it. We don't want to I be men. I have to point something out, even though you always condemn me for such things. She's got a, again another weird haircut. And she's pierced all over her face. Oh, I and, saw this, and she has to keep swabbing herself. Yeah, she's got a, a big bottle of hydrogen peroxide or alcohol, oh, one of the two. Gross. And she's swabbing it, and she's dump, dabbing it on her on her piercings yeah, that are on her lift, lips, lifting her upper lip. Uh, yeah, and then she's dabbing, swabbing it. <laughs> dabbing this is it. Gross. Yeah. It's very gross. That's why he H Y right. Then I have they, them, and that's just me being like, you can use that. I'm okay with that. Like, pop off. It's, like, not my favorite, but go for it. I don't care. Zer, I'm fine with. Like, it's okay. I think it's better than they, them, but it's it's kind of, like, the same thing. God oh. is me validating my agenderness. Oh, fuck, I ruined this YouTube. Um, me validating my agenderness because I don't view myself as a god. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in gods. Um, but I just like the, um, not feeling, but how it's perceived with me. So God, the reason why I use it is because as an agender person, I don't have a gender. Um, so it's like I'm existing and I'm not existing at the same time. God, right? I am a being and I'm not a being at the same time. Like God. So that's why people can get offended. That's fine. But nothing else validates my agenderness like that pronoun and so if y'all want me to not be agender that's fine that mean that just uh, she's having a dialogue with imaginary people nothing on here that's just like what happens so yeah those are my pronouns and that's why i chose god oh man now Now i have a question i have a question yeah do you yeah. get the impression that all of these examples that you've shown us, that these people have their own apartments, their own houses, their own dwellings, that they, they have a... Oh, they, a I think they, they're probably in, in apartments with the roommates, a lot of roommates that are all mm, similar. Yeah. In, in, this, is, this is why we need UBI. This, this last one, by the way, I thought was very educational because it showed a um, kind of a lackadaisical approach to... I could be called they, them. I could be called Jersey or whatever. She didn't care. And that she chose God, but you don't have to use it. You can say they, them. So these things are not that rigid. It's, it seems to me these people no, don't. No, she as said, long as like, you don't yeah. call he, her, yeah, or she. That's it. That's it. As long as you're not using anything conventional. That's it. That's all that it is. Now, I want to segue to a couple of these educational ones, but I got to play this one. Uh, this is a gender clip. 
And this is the Irk dad who goes on for a buck 24. And this is a really, I think, an interesting clip, but it shows it. It has a kind of a, uh, I think, a distressing gotcha in here that I'll explain after this clip is played. This is the Irk dad. All right, I need to know if any parents of young kids have had this same experience. So we just took my three-year-old son in the doctor for a checkup. My three-year-old son. And there's a reason why I'm emphasizing that, and you're about to know why. So my wife and I are waiting in the room with our son, and the doctor comes in. He sees my son sitting there on the table, and the first question that he asks him is, Are you a boy or are you a girl? I look at my wife like, what the f***? So luckily my son understands obvious tenets of biology at three years old and says that he's a boy, just like his chart says. So the rest of the appointment, I can't even focus because I'm wondering why in the world this guy is asking the question. And then I remember, oh yeah, I live in California. Call me paranoid, but this is where I think we're heading based on other things that have happened. An Ohio couple lost custody of their teenager for refusing them hormone treatment. A divorced Texas couple were in a court battle over whether or not to let their seven-year-old transition from a boy to a girl. Many are saying that the new proposed Equality Act could lead to more parents losing custody of their kids who want gender transition. So again, call me paranoid, but I'm wondering if the doctor is asking the question of my son to see if he can establish a pattern over time that shows that my son wants to be a girl. Here's the thing. My son is three. I'm not even going to let him choose what he wants for dinner. And some days, my son thinks he's a dinosaur, but I'm not going to let him transition to a dinosaur. And being in California, this is probably going to happen to people like me first. But I don't think it's going to be long before we start seeing parents lose custody of their young kids because they're not letting them transition to the opposite gender. And I think pediatricians are going to be the ones who are going to start calling it out. Yeah, someone's got to call it out. Yeah, this this is all a part of a big program and all set up. It's the same people who run the money, who run the pharmaceuticals, who run the oil, who run the education. Oh, yeah. It's all That's, the same shit. The pro- problem I have with this guy's clip is that he is susceptible, obviously, to the brainwashing that's going on in this state when he says opposite gender instead of opposite sex. Ooh, yeah. At the very end. There's no such thing. First of all, there's no such thing as an opposite gender. There's 75 genders. There's not an opposite gender. It doesn't exist. Correct. So you can't transition to the opposite gender. You can transition to the opposite sex. Give the guy a break. He's clearly emotional. I know, but I'm just pointing (laughs) out that this poor guy has been sucked in too. Can you imagine when we had, when our kids were young, this this would be going on. Oh God! I, I, I pity the fools. I would be I would be living in uh, uh, well, you, well, you already, Wyoming you, in a minute. But you're already OG homeschooler. I mean, you saw that coming down Broadway. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that was easy to easy to see. No, not for many. So let's go on since we're on the gender thing. I, I want to keep hogging this part of the show. Well, you but are, but it's mildly entertaining. Let, let's go to <laughs> uh, the guy in Australia. Teachers? No? Oh, Australia. No, no. We're going to do, I got two clips here. One is the director of gender. Now, this really concerns me because this is showing up everywhere. This is the, the, direct, the director of the gender clinic at Children's Hospital Philadelphia. We have Children's Hospital Boston, Children's Hospital here, there, and everywhere that are all in all on on this because it, I now I don't trust any of the children's hospitals. These places are turned into these these pits of of this is a sterilization pit. pits 
It's a snake pit of sterilization. Here we go. A lot of us have um, been comfortable talking about sexuality with our adolescent patients, but we don't often talk about gender. Um, and so how do we start a conversation about talking about gender when we're talking with our adolescent patients alone and doing the rest of our kind alone. of sexual health and <laughs> mental health assessments? Um, so some of the language that I'm encouraging healthcare providers to integrate into their practice is simple simple questions with open-ended answer mm -hmm. opportunities. So the simple question being, so Linda, you know, you're, you're assigned female at birth and there's an F on your birth certificate. How does that fit for you? How does that feel for you? This is what I say, excuse me, I'd like to introduce to my friend Smith and Wesson. Mm -hmm. What's it like being a girl at school? What's it like being a, a girl oh. in your family? Mm -hmm. What that really opens up is a conversation that can meet many patient needs. Mm -hmm. Whether who is going mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in the background? It's, a little, it's like a little seminar. These people talking to each other. Yeah, I know it's annoying. I want to hear. It. I want to hear. It. I want to hear the whole. Wait, fight. wait. The, the, the assigned. You were assigned female at birth. Yeah. This is bullshit. It's just a sign. You can yeah, change it. That's right. The this doctor is coming is right straight from the colleges. Go on. Feel for you. Mm -hmm. What's it like being a girl at school? What's it like being a, a girl in your family? Mm -hmm. What that really opens up is a conversation that can meet many patient needs. Mm -hmm. Whether your Linda feels very comfortable being a girl, whether Linda's worried about certain puberty changes that could be happening, as well as if Linda really identifies as Larry. You've just created an opening that says... <laughs> I'm here to listen if this doesn't feel like a fit for you. Mm -hmm. So that's some language that many providers from six years old up to 16 six. are finding lead to some great conversation. Okay, well, let's stop. First of all, she talks about providers. This is exactly the problem. This is, and I'm glad that I was here to witness what's going on here in Dallas because there is so much money for these providers, for director of gender, for uh, special HR personnel. There's so much money that their brain has stopped functioning and understanding what, what's going on. They're just all in, following the book, raking in the dough. This is a big business. Big business. And did she I say, agree. It's a big and did she business. Say, you identify as Larry? Did she say that? Yeah, Larry. Hey, I identify as Larry. Larry. <laughs> Larry, nothing wrong with that. I have my last Oof. gender clip, Oof. and that's this one. This is from Australia, and this guy's wife needed to get a hysterectomy or she's going to die. Was, she had some situation where yeah. the hysterectomy was needed. That's horrible. And this is a short clip, but it's, it, to me, it says it all about what's wrong. I don't care what your reasoning for having a hysterectomy is at 18. Go for it. Though I do know that gender-affirming care in some places in the world it's more attention and actually gets prioritized over other hysterectomies. I had a friend in Australia who's been open about her story where she had to lie and say that she was a trans man oh, to goodness. get a hysterectomy that saved her life. The system is so captured. It's crazy. And you know what? The pro Here's the problem. It's so obvious. The only outlet people have where they kind of feel safe saying something it's on TikTok. You know, man, my life sucks. This is what's happening. It's crazy. And I can only say it on TikTok. And I think that's also because people are deathly afraid to say it in public where people are around. They're so afraid of this.
they really this is oh well yeah like the one clip said we're done that the, we're the done. problem is <laughs> we're lost <laughs> the problem is is that you're going to have your kid taken away oh absolutely because these different these different state agencies have got this thing go this kind of thing going on you're gonna have to talk to your kid about don't even suggest you're a girl you know, next Ooh. thing you know, you're whisked off and your balls are chopped off. Hey, kid. <laughs> there's, our, there's our opening clip for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That, that was expertly done because first you got me all riled up about these nut jobs and then you brought in some good stuff there with great quality and it just, uh, and it's, it's so wrong. Okay. Well, I have a- Wait, no, no, okay. no, no. I've got to bring up the vibe, man. I got to bring the. I got to bring up. We got to. We're not vibrating high enough right now. I am going to introduce to you a brand new Fomer clip. All right, this is it. This is history in the making, right here. Number twenty and final. Here we go. This is NS ten seventy one. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. I have officially captured all twenty Norfolk Southern Heritage. I could die right now with no regrets! Yes! That's it, baby! Woohoo! All right! Oh, yeah, we have some friends here. All right, that's it, baby! Oh, man, I love this guy. He's so excited about his train. That's a good What was the train? Do we know? He says that it's like some number 22, and he's, he basically captured all of them. So he has, I guess there's a whole sequential row of these trains i'm not sure which one what which one it was i'm sorry but that i love our foamers this is a good one yeah he's definitely a foamer Mm -hmm. and not a phony like the one we play no that guy's not phony he was a phony he was he was mocking foamers no really yeah listen to that horn yeah really Oh well, yeah. let's for, for comparison. I thought it was always pretty. I thought it was always pre, pretty realistic. Yeah! Oh my God! Woo! Listen to that horn. It's like the sound sounds like the same guy it's to me. Definitely funnier. <laughs> I don't know. I like the guy saying he he could die. I like that. That was kind of fun. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. You know, I I was watching C-SPAN. I cut the call-ins. Ooh 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 ooh! This is always a winner. How's C-SPAN doing? I haven't seen any C-SPAN in the last couple of days. They got any good stuff? Is it exciting? No, well, Biden doesn't like coming on. You know, he comes on and they clip uh, him. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's C-SPAN, C-SPAN. It's, it come, it, it's fluctuates. They, don't, they have all the press conferences, so you can go there and listen to Jean-Pierre. Yes, of course. And that kind of thing. But the, call in, the morning call-in shows are usually the best. It, it gives you a real temperature of the American public. I have a, a number of interesting ones here. This is a, uh, this is interesting. I'll just start playing them from the top down. This is calling a Democrat on Liz Cheney. Oh, yeah. News story of the week. Marty in El Paso, Texas, Democratic caller. We'll hear from you first. Hi, Marty. Hi. Um, I'm in Mesa, Arizona. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I already like this guy. <laughs> I'm curious as to why there's not, more discussion about how the people that support the Republican Party in the case of Liz Cheney are compromised by her attempt to get to the truth. 
So I, I just want someone in the media to address the fact that the common people are rallying around appearance, the appearance of criminal and irrever, irreverent actions of the Republican Party. I don't understand it. I wish I could make it more clear, but it just seems Americans, and, and I will say white Americans in particular, have gone so extreme against the principles that they originally stood for, which was God and country. And I see Uh-oh. none of that in the activity, especially related to uh, Liz Cheney. How come they didn't cut that guy off? Oh, they don't really cut him off that much. They, uh, but this woman is not the best host. There's one guy in particular that will stop the guy and say, well, what, uh, what illegal activities are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that clip was kind of no good. No, well, that's, unfortunately, she doesn't do that. She just lets him ramble and she cuts to the next person. Here's a, uh, here's a call, and this is a GOP hater. In Houston, Texas, Tracy is watching there and calling in independent. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Greta. Um, I was actually trying to reach your last guest, but um, I will comment on the top news story of the week. Okay. Um, My concern, and I think a lot of um, independents' concern, is the Republican Party's affinity with leaders that are lawless and corrupt. And if you have an affinity towards representation that is going to go to Washington or whatever office and represent you in that way, I don't see why are they so alarmed and amazed that once these people are put into these positions of power, they're corrupt and lawless. You knew that they were that when you elected them. Secondly, the anger. I don't see how they can't see themselves, that they've already been radicalized. When you listen to them call in, they're highly emotional, they're angry, they're upset. And lastly, someone needs to tell, and I I would suggest that C-SPAN have somebody on to explain to these people the end of the story. This is not new. We've seen this with Mussolini. We've seen this with Hitler. Someone needs to explain to these people how this story ends. You are used in order to elect a demagogue. Once the demagogue is installed, you lose your rights as well as everyone else. I'm unclear whether she's talking about Biden, Trump, or someone else. <laughs> Let me. Br- I think she was talking about Trump, but it doesn't make any sense because the, he's out. But okay. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, he's not out. No, they 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 need to have the evil person. I'm going to break your I'm going to break your clips in two with um, a mainstream media version of how the American people are feeling. I think it'll be worth it. It's not that long, uh, mainly because it's Yamish, Yamish, who is uh, obviously the star of NPR and uh, CBS. Is that what she also does? But well, she's not on NPR anymore. PBS? Is she doing PBS? I thought she had PBS. That I know CBS. of. Well, what? She was doing like Washington Week or something like that, but she's not on the news hour anymore. She hasn't been on the news hour for months. I'm trying to think where this is. Well, she was on a panel. It might have been MSNBC. She was on a panel calling in. Oh, she loves going there. Calling. Well, no, she was calling in via video from her swanky. You know, this is an observation. When you're a journalist, anybody really, when you are um, dialing in with video from a hotel room, you just shouldn't show your bed. 
And you and and you and you can see that she kind of sloppily made up the bed, and the pillows are on top, and the the sheets are a little uh, askew. It's just it it it's just not pleasant for no, the viewer. No, it's, it's lame. Yeah, lame. A, a producer should have should have called foul on that. All right. So there's a there's people are unhappy in America. Seventy four percent of Americans are unhappy. This is this is this is the story. This is a big number. The question is why. Leave it to Yamish. Trump. of Americans say the country is going in the wrong direction. Nearly 60% of voters say America's best years are behind it. Nearly 60%. Yamiche, why are people so unhappy these days? Jose, it's a great question. And I've been out on the campaign oh, ground in Alabama please. just today ta- doing some stories about sort of redistricting and the and the political atmosphere in this state. But what you see really is on the Democratic side, people that are very, very worried about the direction of this country. They're very worried, especially about former President Trump possibly coming back into power oh, or former man. President Trump or, or another Republican stealing the election in 2022 or 2024 because we've seen so many election deniers be, be elected. So a lot of Democrats Democrats on the Democratic side, they're very worried about abortion. Also, I love that she says they're very worried about Trump or another Republican stealing the election. (laughs) Wow. What you say, ben yourself, met your kop door de helft. Trut. She's off the rails. How about it? All right, back to C-SPAN. Back to the people. Back to the real people. Yeah. Let's go with this one. Well, we can do the long one, which is oh, a goodness. lunatic. They're longer than I've already played. How long is this? Oh, this oh, one is my a lunatic. But this is a great. I, okay, I wait. I can't First handle this. Got... It's too much. Okay, well, let's play this one then. No, no, we this can is... play it, but it has to be the last one. We just, you can't play okay, it. Be, okay, listen to this, this one. This is, is one of. This crazy. is my favorite clip right. because this proves that everything we do is right. Oh, well, let's take our time listening to it then. This is call in <laughs> about LIFO. <laughs> about life. Okay, David, Mount Vernon, New York, Democratic caller. Good morning. Yes, hello. Good morning. How are you? Doing well, yeah, you sir. Taking my... You bet. What's your top news story? Well, my story is this. Everything that we're seeing going on today, it's about population. In a few years, the Caucasian will no longer be the majority, which means in a democracy, the majority rules. So what we're seeing right now are ways to prevent that, whether it be changing the voting laws, turning over the abortion laws, uh, making things such that that doesn't happen. And people need to pay attention to it. It's coming soon. And for them to lose the power to control of the nation that they started to people who they consider to be beneath them. Mm-hmm. The scripture says the first will be last, the last will be first. All right, David. Whoa. The scripture says (laughs) the first will be last and the last will be first. This is the way we operate. Last in, first out. Lifo. That's all that it takes, ladies and gentlemen. scripture. I didn't know it was in the Bible we should do that. Well, you you are a former Catholic high school boy, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I didn't go to a Catholic high school, but I was in the uh, catechism. I'm a catechism kid. All right. Here's a short one. This no, 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 the... no, no. You you still want to do more of these morons? We have news to deconstruct. No, <laughs> okay, I'm, no, I'm, I'm stopping you. I'm two. stopping you. you I'm going to save them. the last two. You can save but them. But they have to run on Sunday. We have important, important information. Um, 
We, there's a couple of ways we can go, but I'm going to take it to food for a moment. And next, what do wind turbines and gummy bears have in common? Actually, more than you might think, thanks to science. Researchers in Michigan have found a way to recycle wind turbine blades made from a composite resin. The process they've developed can break the blades down into chewy, edible products like gummy bears. Okay. After your, after your bugs, enjoy a nice dessert of windmill gummies. This is a bogus story. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. This is ABC. I mean, okay, it's a bogus what's story. Just, what's wrong? Is, what, what would unless the blade broke? What's wrong? Just leaving it up there. No, these blades break all the time. These windmills are horrible. Blades break, catch on fire. The it's everything. No, there's lots of excess bladage. There's blades everywhere. Look, go look on YouTube. And they're made out of gum. No, they can be. They're trans- made out of oil. Of what? Oil products. It's fiber. The, well, listen again. The big legs. Listen again. Do wind turbines and gummy bears have in common? Actually, more than you might think, thanks to science. Researchers science. in Michigan have found a way to recycle wind turbine blades made oh. from a composite resin. The process they've developed can break the blades down into chewy, edible products like gummy bears. Oh, I understand. This is because there's complaints about, you know, uh, the uh, the carbon footprint of windmills. And so don't worry. Science has it figured out. Um, there's no waste. Once the windmill blades have to be replaced, I think, every eight years, um, we'll just eat them. Just, <laughs> how else can I interpret this? We'll just eat them. Don't worry about it. We'll just eat them. So the resin, supposed resin that makes the blades. Now, these things, it seems to me, would be made out of fiberglass, which is used as a resin. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can extract that from the fiberglass. I would think but, carbon fiber, maybe. Wouldn't it be carbon fiber to make it nice and well, strong? Well, carbon fiber would be the way to go. If you, yeah. But I can't imagine a blade that size being made out of carbon fiber, fiber and not costing so much money. You can't afford to put the windmill up. Uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> now the, the, the start, the, it's starting. The, it's starting to come into vision. Now we can see all the things that are happening um, here. We ha- so we might as well just hit climate change real quick because. Well, well you're on food. I've got a no, food, you got a food story, story. But go on. No, do food. If you got a food thing, it, let's do it. It's a food thing. I just want to stay in the theme. So let's right. just play my food thing. This is the Amish oh, scandal. Yes. Yeah. 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 I understand. You know about this? Yeah, I do. Of course. Uh, I, I can tell you what's really going on, but oh well, we'll let's play let's play it. I'm Jeremy Lafredo for Rebel News in Burdenhead, Pennsylvania. It's here in this old oh, Amish oh, community. Stop, where stop. Armed- you think NT you think NTD is bad? Yes. Just pointing out some of these other news outlets are worse. Go I'm- on. Jeremy Lafredo for Rebel News in Burdenhead, Pennsylvania. It's here in this old Amish community where armed federal agents. You, sh- you sure this is uh, which outfit is this? This is Rebel, Rebel News. The guys auditioning for uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, gig. You know, the name of the town is Bird in Hand, (laughs) not Birdenham. Got it. ...rated Miller's Organic Meat and Dairy Farm. The government is arguing that the farm isn't adhering to federal regulatory requirements concerning food, while the farm argues that this is just the latest attack on independent farmers giving their communities healthy food. The Miller Organic Farm in Birdenham, Pennsylvania, a remote Amish village, has been around for almost 30 years. The farm supplies everything from grass-fed beef and cheese to raw milk and organic eggs to dairy from grass-fed on-site water buffalo and all types of produce to roughly 4,000 private food club members who pay top dollar for high-quality 
quality whole food. The private food club members cherish their ability to get food from an independent farmer who isn't processing his meat and dairy at United States Department of Agriculture facilities, which mandates food be prepared in ways that Miller believes make it less nutritious. Miller contends that he's preparing food the way God intended. The U.S. government doesn't see it that way. They recently sent armed federal agents to the farm and demanded he cease operations. The government is also looking for more than $300,000 in fines, a request so steep it would put the farm out of business. This is an attack on Amish religious freedoms just 150 miles outside of Washington, D.C. It also speaks to the gross corruption at the USDA. As is available on the USDA site, the agency is funded mostly by the federal government, but it also receives hundreds of millions of dollars from the agricultural industry. Companies like Bayer, Syngenta, and Cargo stand to lose millions, even billions of dollars worth of market share if more American farmers opted for holistic farming practices like Miller's Farm instead of chemical-heavy, technology-heavy, industry-friendly practices. Making it even more independent, Miller's Farm doesn't use any gasoline or fertilizer and therefore the war between Ukraine and Russia isn't affecting his bottom line. He's not dependent, and he's providing healthy food to his community the way he believes God intended, and the government is trying to intimidate and shut it down. Um, Yes, I know a lot about this story um, because I'm constantly questioning Texas Slim about how things will work with the beef uh, that the ranchers are selling directly to customers. What exactly do you think is happening here? Why is this raid taking place? Why The USDA has this huge hard-on about raw milk. Yes, and it's not the beef. all it's about raw milk. milk. I agree. I don't think it's got anything to do with the beef or anything nope, else. It's I agree. Nothing. Raw milk. Can they have raw buffalo milk? Water buffalo milk, which is used to make mozzarella, by the way. Delicious. Uh, they have regular cow raw milk, and they have camel raw milk. These guys are just asking for trouble. What is the... Why do they have such a hard-on about it? They think that listeria, which is can be, occur in batches of raw milk is a, is a plague. And uh, they just don't think that anyone should drink raw milk. They, this is just a standard. This happens up in Washington state with a couple of our producers up there. We, I know one of them and they have to do all the, they have to jump through hoops to keep this raw milk dairy going. Uh, but they do it because they got this one guy, the guy who owns that really owns the place is a hard ass. And I, he can, I also believe that, there. um, uh, the reason why they, it's actionable for them is because of the uh, the club aspect of it. See, if you if you go to a ranch or a farm and you say, okay, I'd like a, you know five gallons of your raw milk, and you pay them right on the spot, preferably in cash, it's not going to be much of a problem. I think it's the that's it's not the, true. The guy uh, in Washington State, that's the way he sells his milk, and he's got nothing but issues with these guys. Oh, okay, then I then I'm incorrect. I just, I also felt that, that, that there's some rules about, so the whole reason for an FDA, uh, USDA, yeah, USDA approval or FDA approval is uh, for the processing and you can only sell in commercial stores if you have the seal of approval. I've, I thought in most states, maybe Pennsylvania is not one of them, that as long as you are selling directly and not through a club mechanism, uh, it it would be okay, but uh, obviously not. So I, I'm not I exactly the sure. raw milk. I'm just I don't know for a fact. This report sucks, mm-hmm. very poorly done. But I I know for a fact that the USDA goes after these raw milk guys all over the country. There's there's one little story that I I keep forgetting to bring up, and I just want to insert it here since we're talking about uh, the food industry. 
uh, it's about Ukraine, something I, I learned, which is really interesting. In, in, so after we committed the coup and then we had, you know, everyone, the new government uh, that Victoria Kagan Noodleman uh, personally chose, no clitch, um, put them in. <laughs> there was an IMF loan, of course, a $17 billion IMF loan. Um, and one of the stipulations of this loan, of course, was you know, all kinds of uh, you know, um, uh, restrictions and things that the government had to do, but a key provision demanded on the post uh, demanded on this government, uh, what was it, Yatsenyuk, um, that they open up, so they they change the law on Ukraine, what they call black soil land, which is some apparently some of the most fertile land in the world, which is why I guess it's the breadbasket, uh, which and it's its own. It was purposely set up so that there were. Lots of small farmers owning a little piece, and uh, no one could sell to an, uh, anyone except a Ukrainian, and they wanted to keep that protected. That was one of the provisions that had to be changed for the $17 billion IMF loan, and guess who's come in and purchased 30% of Ukraine's land, which is now shipping grain to the rest of the world? Monsanto, DuPont. It's all the big food processors, the same GMO guys. giants, the same guy. They, this was meant for them to steal, literally grab this land. Yeah, the Russians are trying to grab a little area, and these guys just did it by buying it. Boom. <laughs> well, they did kill a whole bunch of people at the Maidan, and, you know, it wasn't that easy. But, you know, Victoria Newland, uh, she's good. She knows, how, she knows how to do this shit. <laughs> Ugh, okay. Um... Back to, story. back to climate change. This is the story that's cropping up everywhere. Today, regulators in California are expected to approve new rules that will ultimately ban the sale of gas-powered cars in the state by 2035. This is really important for reducing oh, yeah. uh, climate-changing emissions. I mean, simply put, we can't address climate change without addressing uh, transportation emissions. It's the largest source of emissions in California. The new rules will require 35% of new cars sold by 2026 to produce zero emissions. That number climbs to 68% by 2030. And by 2035, all new cars sold in California must be free of greenhouse gas emissions. Having this standard means that automakers are going to have to make more electric vehicles. That means more models and different sizes and different price points. Supporters call this a major step in the nation's transition to electric vehicles. Not only is California the largest auto market in the U.S., but more than a dozen states typically follow California's lead on setting emission standards. So right now, about one third of the new car market is covered by California's clean car rules. Um, and we expect that other states will uh, adopt these California standards. But the rules could face legal challenges. The Biden administration granted California a waiver that allows the state to adopt emission rules stricter than federal standards. But 17 Republican-led states are now challenging that waiver in court. So this is cropping up everywhere. Uh, In Norway, Volkswagen will only sell electric vehicles after 2024. Just two years away. This doesn't seem like a, a, a great trend for everybody. No, it's going to be a pain in the ass to have to charge these cars. Well, what if you just can't? Right, of course, there's going to be decades of aftermarket, but for how long? I mean, when when do they start pulling the, hey, you know, just having a gas station is bad for the environment. Shut them down. 
can't be, be far a while. off. Can't be far off. No, it seems like it. But when these things, these things switch back, they back off on this. Like all the promises well, they make. Well, every everybody's signaling. Everybody's making noises. Everybody's saying, "Well, you know, it's like uh, it's just not going to be good." You know, it's climate change. It's going to here. Here's the president. The president of France, Macron. What we are living through is a time of great upheaval. Firstly, because we are witnessing, and not just since this summer, but over the past few years, the end of what we might have seen as abundance. And for those who enjoyed it, it is also the end of a carefree time. Our freedom, the liberty to which we have grown accustomed to in our lives has a price. And sometimes when we have to defend it, we have to make certain sacrifices as we fight to defend it. So what he's kind of saying is, well, you know, it was a great ride, everybody. Now, of course, everyone sees the free money is dried up because of the um, inflation, inflation of the money supply and the interest rate. So the free money is a, is a problem. That's just not going to flow. So a lot. That's why you see Silicon Valley companies throwing out people and, you know, companies are shutting down left and right because they won't have another round of finance. But this has all been planned. If you listen to this former Dutch uh, commie. Um, who is now an advisor, of course, on all things uh, climate change. A story that nobody dares to tell out loud, uh, dares to say out loud, so let me be the one that does it. Yes, energy will be much more expensive as of now. Yes, energy was way too cheap in the last 40 years. And we've profited from it. We have created an enormous wealth at the expense of planet Earth. And so we do realize right now at the expense of geopolitical imbalances. And both need to be repaired. And in order to repair them, we need to pay more for energy. And by the way, also for food. The two basic needs of life, food and energy. We have paid way too little for that in the last 40 years. And we need to restore that situation. Can't be done overnight because you create too much uh, havoc and trouble in a society. So you need to take your time. But given the current situation, we have little time. There you go. No one dares to say it, but let me be the one. Fuck you. You get no, you've been paying too much for your, not enough for your food and your energy for 40 years. You horrible leeches. so you lived what you lived in Austin you're in a high rise. I did, yes. How many apartments were in that place you think? Oh, um so there were 39 floors, I think. No. No, thir- maybe there were 33. More than 30 floors and probably what, tw- 10, 15 apartments per floor. Is that the sound like a lot? No, 10. Yeah, no, three you talking about maybe 300 people? Well, 300 units. Yeah, 300 units, mm-hmm. which could be 600 people. Mm-hmm. Or more. Lots, uh, lots of dogs. Lots of dogs peeing in the garage. A lot, of dogs. Yeah, a lot of dogs. So uh, you had a garage. Did everybody have a parking spot? Well, you had to pay extra. Oh, so there weren't 300, 600 parking spots? No, there were, but you had to pay for it. It wasn't part of the rent. Is there going to be a charging station at all 600 spots when everyone has to go all electric? No, in fact, there were two per floor. <laughs> and, they were, and they were already occupied when I lived there years you ago. You have to charge these cars overnight to get them back up to, up to fill up the, the You know, you know the what's interesting? Tank, Cause, the cause battery. Because you, you'd have, in, I remember this, you have in the parking garage, 
you, and I remember this because remember I borrowed that we swapped cars at the former New York bankers Tesla. So I, I got a little taste of what it's like. It's horrible. So we have two, we had two charging stations on each floor of the parking garage and there were too many Teslas. Now I'm talking how many years ago? Four? No. Uh, one, two. No, it's longer than three, that. Three years Six. ago. No, no. Three? No, no. When I, when I witnessed this. So just three years ago. Oh, when you witnessed it. Okay. So it's not even that long ago. You would see two cars parked there overnight at the, at the charging stations. And sure. you'd see three or four with extension cords going all the way from wherever they're parked to the corner where there's an outlet. And they're doing the slow, you know, 110 volt charge just to be able to charge a little bit. Yeah. And so, of course, I unplugged them, obviously. <laughs> I did not. It's a good idea. It's, it's funny. It's mean. It's mean. It's not a good idea. No, but it, this is going too fast. It is mean. It's going to, we, it's, it, if you go too fast. close to being able to handle this kind of thing infrastructure-wise. No matter the 500,000 charging stations or whatever it is that Biden wants to install, those aren't going to be at people's houses. No. They're going to be in, in central locations where you got to go leave your car there. You got to leave it there. You have to stay there for a couple of hours while it fast charges. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the quickest time is, but you can probably assume that every day of the week, because you got to keep that car charged, it's like a like a, a, a the cellular phone you've got. You have to keep it charged, so you'd have to go someplace and just sit and, and you know cool your heels for an hour every day of the of the year. John, you, the, you remember that I I took the former New York banker's Tesla because he was taking a trip with his son, so he needed an actual vehicle. He took my truck, and we had to drive to College Station, which is. There was not enough uh, battery juice to get there and back, so I had to charge it overnight. And, we, and, the, and you know, the hotel had charging stations. I got there. The two charging stations are, of course, already uh, filled up. So I wound up driving to, um, uh, to uh, what's the, A&M's campus, where they had the charge and go in the campus parking garage. And then I had, so I, and I got it in, you know, and by the way, that cost me 25 bucks or 30 bucks overnight, I think, to charge it. And then I had to walk to the edge of campus to call an Uber to get back to the hotel. That's convenient. Yeah, it's great. But hey, climate change is here. The U.S. has seen unprecedented storms this summer. Five so-called thousand-year storms have hit the country in just the last five weeks. And scientists warn climate change will make storms like these more common. Man, five in just what? Matter of weeks, thousand-year storms. People, you need to never watch this in real time. You need experts like Curry and Dvorak to guide you through it because this is very troubling uh, propaganda. Very troubling. Oh, I had a question for you uh, since I just saw Norway. So this, um, the prime minister of Finland, it just keeps getting worse. These, these videos <laughs> the that are dancer. coming... Yeah, these videos that are coming out, and then she had a, she she admitted, and she was in tears. I'm also human, and 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 it's you know, of course, it's created a little bit of debate online. You know, well, what's wrong with the girl boss? But don't you get since don't you get the feeling that this may be a CIA op? They're removing this woman for some reason. They need to put someone in who knows how to run the system. I, this is a takedown of her for some reason. 
I think you could be right. It could be a, a, an op. It feels like a CIA because all, op. out of the blue, this all happens, and these are private videos. So well, wouldn't got out? I mean, wouldn't you want to? Since they want to be in NATO, wouldn't you want to control the entire country that's on Russia's border? It'd be good. It'd be a good idea. Just, yeah, some, she's, just something you know, me. obviously not amenable because I'm sure someone approached her. What do you mean? Oh, well, oh, I'm sure oh. to ch- to change. No, I don't know, man. This yeah, whole thing you is get, weird. You've got to give somebody a chance. You find some people that can can deconstruct a person to come in and you know, introduce themselves as something or other, and then mm. they see the lay of the land, what this woman's like, what she's thinking, how how she's would she would she go along with it? Yeah. Do a do a profile of her. Yeah, have a profiler come in there, figure her out, and say, you know, this woman's not yeah. going to go for this. We're going to have to get rid of her. I, it's. I'm sure she's loved. She seems like a dynamite lady, you know. But uh, no, this this crying, like oh, I'm allowed to have a life. <laughs> um, well, they probably triggered that. I mean, that was probably done. On, the idea was to trigger. There that. you go. Make her this look is weak. Happened when the no, no. when the Demer- when the uh, was the uh, it was the Republicans who pulled this stunt. This is when uh, I can't remember if it was McGovern that was running for president or. Yeah, it may, may have been McGovern. They they found this guy, uh, Muskie, to run for vice president. Well, I kind of remember this vaguely. And Muskie was like, they did something to him to trigger him to cry on television. Cool. And that, that got rid of He was done. This guy uh. wasn't, he was through. He wasn't going to be the vice president or anything in between. That's it. Uh, oh, Ed that's Muskie. Good, I'm good pretty tactic. sure it's the Ed Muskie story. So from there, it's it's a short hop to uh, to this story, which it, I think we should discuss, if even just briefly. It's actually two two topics in one 16 second story. Tonight, U.S. officials are planning to announce a record three billion dollar aid package to Ukraine as the war hits the six month mark. The State Department believes Russia is preparing new attacks in response to a recent car bombing outside Moscow, and they're warning all U.S. citizens to leave Ukraine. I want to talk about the car bombing in a second, but what is happening, what I'm seeing from the uh, the the military people who uh, listen to the show and our producers, they are gathering up armaments all over Europe and they're packing them up and sending them to Ukraine. This happened almost overnight. So just so we all reiterate how it works, Biden gives $3 billion to the military industrial complex to make new stuff, you know, which of course will only be 500 million of actual goods and the rest will be in R&D and parties. And they give all the shit that we don't want anymore to Ukraine or whomever. So that scam is still well underway. Another 3 billion, pay no attention. Now this car bombing, which uh, allegedly killed the daughter of... Uh, what's the guy's name? Dugan. Dugan, Dugan. or Dugan now, or something uh, like now, that. So everyone's like, oh, this is Dugan. Everyone knows Dugan's Putin's guide. Dugan, Dugan, Dugan. I All I have to do is go and look in our archive of clips. There's not a single Dugan clip. No, in fact, every, I was I, first time I was apprised of this bullshit was from Defense One, that newsletter I like. And it it goes on and it says, nobody's heard of this guy. And then I got a couple of emails from guys. No, this guy, you know, I've been in Russia. I've been doing this and that. The guy Dryzen, who does, he was a kind of a pro-Russian guy. He does a, he has a newsletter. He does a Dryzen report and he discusses this stuff. He says, you know, 
I'm all over this stuff, and I never heard of this guy. I never heard of him or his daughter. So I, I did and, a little bit of research on Dugan. And um, so, of course, uh, Russia is immediately blaming this on Ukraine. And the reason why Dugan didn't blow up is because he had a last-minute car change, and his daughter was in the car, and they blew her up. So- sounds horrible. But if you look at who might be responsible and what this guy was really about and what he was really saying, we go back to 2017. He's at a roundtable discussion with several people, uh, Russians and, and, and our current Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. 2017, this is the Dugan guy who was targeted with Anthony Blinken arguing about politics. Listen to what the Dugan guy says. A fiery explosion. Oh, shoot. What a great setup to play the wrong clip. I'm an idiot. You do that all the time. Concerning populism, very important things. Um, you uh, identify populism in your speech with right populism. But there is left populism in Europe, for example, Cinque Stelle, yeah. Five Stars, yeah. or Podemos. Or, well, that's uh, why I said uh, the left-right uh, division is, is old. Series. No, that's so absolutely. There is populism, I think, that is very interesting. Anti-liberal tendency. It's not only something purely negative. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of chance. Mm-hmm. If we will uh, regard populism at something of the old, of the uh, uh, resurgence of fascism or uh, leftism or Stalinism and so on, uh, uh, so it will grow. We need to understand that phenomenon as critical. Maybe it is the birth of a new form of critical theory, not left, nor right, beyond left or right. So I think that populism represents in the United States as well, because the Trump is populist president. Putin is absolutely populist, but he is not right nor left, neither left nor, nor, nor left. So I think the populism in the United States, in Russia, in uh, Europe represents something more than we are uh, we, we think maybe um, we, we, uh, maybe educate populism to, to speak with populist movement to understand uh, in, uh, instead of demonizing it because now liberal discourse is populism is growing that is new danger we, sh- uh, we should find the way how to, to resist but maybe we need to, to, to make a kind of dialogue with populism so maybe include and not exclude the, the populism in our democratic system Clearly a dangerous guy. Well, that's all that's expressing anti-globalist tendencies, what he just did there. I'm gonna show my support by donating to no agenda. Imagine nice. all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on no agenda in the morning. Now we do have a few people to thank for show 1480. Yo. Starting with Thomas Thomas. Thomas Thomas is Thomas, in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Uh, he's got a birthday call out for his son, Luke, 128. Julian Barlow, $111.11. And it's his birthday. He's going to. We got a lot of birthdays today. Yeah, I saw the list. It's, it's like, crazy. What? A lot of Virgos. What? A lot of Virgos. I think we're Virgos. Virgos. Hey, uh, Kevin, hey, 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 I'm a Virgo. Kevin no, McAtee. Oh, okay. Well, now we understand. Kevin McAtee. It makes sense. And Centennial, Colorado, 100. Ian, Ian Field, 100. Toby Trichel in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, he said, be a knight. He's, uh, we'll take oh, karma. Yes. For, right. Well, we give him a karma. Hold on a second. He needs a karma right now. Ew. You've got karma. He's trying to 
Trying to find a lost item, he says. 9181. Hmm. Uh, Sir Kevin McLaughlin, our buddy. He's the Duke of Luna, lover of America, and boobs. Locust, North Carolina. 8008. Also 8008 from Devin O'Connell in Boylston, Massachusetts. It's catching on again. Mont Sweeney in Edmond, Oklahoma, 7676. Brian Kaufman in Scottsdale, Arizona, 7575. Loyola Page Holland in San Antonio, Texas, 65. Christine Hines, Hines, 6006 in Manchester, New Hampshire. Love is lit. She says it's actually Dame Salty. Mm. Uh, Robert Ross in Richmond, Virginia, 6006. Luke Rayner in London, London, UK, 60. Sir Brian Tobiason, Baron of the Chief's Kingdom in Gardner, Kansas, 5888. David Steinmeier in Lakeview, Michigan, 5555. Tim Kimbrell in Corinth, Texas. Hope that's the way you pronounce it. It's the way you should. John Gaynor, 5280, anonymous in Encounter Bay. By the way, uh, Tim Tim Kimbrell was, uh, for birthday donation, producer going back to the daily source code, and and his birthday is for his son, Dawson. Wow. Yeah. Anonymous in Encounter Bay, South Africa, uh, South Africa, (laughs) uh, South Australia, 5234. Forrest Martin, 5005. Scott Nelson, Sir Scott in Council Bluffs, Iowa, 5001. The following people then are going to be uh, $50 donors, just the name and location if I have it. Starting with Bart Beekwilder, uh, who looks to be in the Netherlands. Oh, he's Vagel Nord-Brabant. Yeah, Nord-Brabant, uh, very good. New York City of the Low Countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Julie- the New York City of the Low Okay. That's what he says. <laughs> says uh, Julie McNeil in San... Well, it's like the Saskatoon. The well, he's Fechel. It's Fechel was the name of the place. Fechel. Every, everybody Fechel. knows Fechel. It's, yeah, it's the New York. It's the New York City of the Lowlands. You got it. Julie McNeil in San Gabriel, Louisiana. John Lawrence in Hellets, Texas. Or it could be Helotes. Uh, I don't know. I don't you know. should correct I me. I don't know. Joseph G- Galt... Galt... Gwaltney. Gwaltney in Dendron. Virginia, Jacob Murfield in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Christopher Johnson got a birthday. He's in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Steve Crummy in El Cajon, California. David Perdue in Snow Hill, North Carolina. Alexa Delgado in Aptos, California. Michael Romano in Sebastopol, California. Jesus Allen in Austin, Texas. Andrew Butterfield in Bettendorf, Iowa. Danielle First. In Kakauna, Wisconsin. That's probably pronounced Kakuna or something. Sir Patrick Maycom in New York City. Robert Hanna in Poway, California. John O'Neill in College Station, Texas rounds us off. And he has a birthday and uh, some, He actually, some, he's requesting a de-douching. You've been de-douched. And a biscuit. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. We were just talking about College Station. Uh, coincidental yeah. is that. Well, thank you very much, producers. Uh, everyone who is under $50 does not get mentioned. That is for anonymity, uh, even though some people like to just say, hey, I'm anonymous. But then uh, they do risk us screwing it up. We're notorious. Um... 
So we appreciate that. And also, there are many people who are on a lot of these different subscriptions. We call them sustaining donations. Uh, you can make one up yourself, but uh, in general, there's a couple of uh, good suggestions. They help a lot. And again, thank you very much to our producers who came in as executives and associate executive producers. What are you doing with your mic? Hello? John? Well, I'm not doing anything with my mic. Oh, it was weird. It was like some sound. It was like, it was like you sounded like that. Okay. Uh, if, if you'd like to learn how to support the value for value proposition, that is the No Agenda Show, go here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And if anyone needs it, here's some goat karma. You've got <laughs> karma. Now, as promised, we've got quite a list today. John O'Neill celebrated on the 12th of August. Tim Kimbrell, his son Dawson, turns 14 on the 14th. Happy birthday. Tom Byburn, Pyburn, his wife Rondell was 54 on the 23rd. Lloyda Rivera, her fiancé, David Berrios, celebrated on the 24th. Uh, came with a nice donation today. Rebecca says happy birthday to her son, Nikolai, who turned 15 on the 25th. Uh, Tim Kimbrell himself on the 25th. All the No Agenda friends, they have Happy birthday to Justin Cody, celebrating tomorrow. Sir Render, his wonderful wife, will be 62 tomorrow. Julian Barlow will be 50 tomorrow. The No Agenda Friends say happy birthday to Dame Kenny Ben, will be celebrating on the 27th, which is also the exact day of my baby girl, Christina Valerie Curry, who turns 32 on Saturday. Marty Moskowitz, 70 on the 29th. Arthur Saint is celebrating Thomas Thomas to his son Luke, turning 28. And Christopher Johnson's Happy birthday to Eric Johnson. Happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. No douchebaggery here, but we do have two of the title changes. We have Sir Sean Harrell, or Harrell, who now becomes Sir Sean, the Baron of KDH, Kill Devil's Hills, North Carolina. And Marianne Schneeberger now is known as Damsel of Overcoming Disaster and Being the Glue that Keeps the Family Together. Congratulations to both of you, and thank you for supporting the best podcast in the universe, The No Agenda, with another additional $1,000 aggregate donation. It is highly appreciated. Uh, one dame, two knights. Got a nice triple blade. Got the trident out. Yeah, got one right here. Ooh, ooh, I like that one. Rhonda Pyburn, Dave Edwards, and Toby Trichel. Trichel, Trichel. Hop up on the podium here. All of you are now qualified to become a knight, knights and a dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. Thanks to your support of the best podcast in the universe. I'm proud to pronounce the Kate V as Dame Rhonda, the Harpy Fun Killer, Knight ZH Commenter, and Sir Toby Trichel. For you, we've got Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys, and Chardonnay. But remember, ribeye and backwards apple pie, moonshine, John's favorite risky, uh, rye whiskey, Old Overholt and Donkey Tacos. And then there's uh, yeah, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, uh, breast milk and pablum. Oh, yeah, ginger ale and gerbils. Of course, there's also mutton and meat. Go to noagendanation.com slash rings. Uh, hit us up. Let us know what size you need for that beautiful Signet ring. I did see a couple of them here at the podcast uh, expo. Some people are proudly displaying their night or day. Oh, nice. Rings. Yeah, oh, it is really nice to see that. And they compare them to each other. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Hey, nice. Hey, good to see you, man. It's a community. It's an actual community. Um, and um, uh, we'll also send you some wax to... Uh, 
seal your important correspondence with. In addition to that, we have um, a certificate of authenticity. Thank you again, everybody, for supporting the No Agenda Show, best podcast in the universe. No Agenda Party is on today at summer. The summer amygdala shrinkers meet up six thirty Mountain Time. The Denver Parks, uh, Denver City Park. Tomorrow, Burger Back Better again six o'clock at Presley's in Houston, Texas. Uh, also tomorrow, I must be high. You will be at 7 p.m. at McSorley's Wonderful Saloon and Grill in Toronto, Ontario. On Saturday, the Eindhoven pre-lockdown. Two p.m. Lowland Time in at Ketel House in Eindhoven, Brabant. That's going to be a party. Those guys are nuts in the Lowlands. Also on Saturday, the Hagerstown Meetup, 333 at uh, Antietam Brewery in Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, Dave Smith and Robbie Bernstein Appreciation Meetup, 4 o'clock Mountain Time, Larkspur, Colorado. Uh, contact uh, the organizer for details. The San Antonio Meetup, another Texas Meetup, 4 o'clock on Saturday at Big Hops in San Antonio. The Hipster Aspirant Rednecks in Alberta. Oh, you, you Go, you rednecks in Alberta. Uh, Alberta, Canada. That is also Saturday, 4 o'clock. Um, Saturday, the Keep Going Summer Barbecue, 5.30 Pacific at Luke's Place. That's Portland, Oregon. Beware. On Sunday, next show day, New Detroit Meetup, San Francisco, 2.30 p.m., Anchor Steams Public Taps. Could you go to that? Is that something for you? I don't know where it is. Uh, it says the... Steam. I'll look it up. Yeah, Anchor If I'm going to go to it, I'll send out a note. Anchor Steam Public Taps. Never heard of it. Uh, finishing up the list, Crossroads. Well, there's, there's, the Anchor Steam Brewery is is in San Francisco, so it maybe could be it's the not. brewery. It's just across the bridge, John. You can do it. Do it. Do it. Do no, it. No man. I don't know, man. Crossroads of North of America, No Agenda Tribal Gathering, three o'clock on Sunday at Grand Junction Brewing in Westfield, Indiana. The Best Damn Meetup in East Texas, four thirty Central. Rotolo's Pizzeria on Sunday in Longview, Texas, and finally. Local 719, 6 o'clock Mountain, the public house at the Alexander, Colorado Springs, Colorado. These are just a few of the No Agenda meetups that are on the list. Uh, they go all the way through October at this point and beyond if you'd like to learn where to connect with your community, which will be diverse, I guarantee you. Uh, go to noagendameetups.com. We don't have any meetup reports. We received one, which was uh, two minutes long. It's like, nope. No, we're not, and just going on about stuff. I mean, this is supposed to be short, snappy. Get it in uh, if you can. Have someone produce it who knows how to produce it. Uh, and if you can't find a meetup near you, it's real simple. Go to noagendameetups.com. Start one yourself. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. You want to be where you want to be. Triggered or hell's flame. Everybody feels the same. It's like a party. Okay, we're getting to the end here. This has been a fun show. I have um, a couple of... Yeah, I do have a couple of uh, ISO and the show ISOs. Do you have anything you'd like to share with the group? I have one. Oh, are you really confident about it? Oh, yeah, this is a winner. <laughs> Hold on, let me find it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Who is this? Who's stuttering? Some guy. Mm, try mine out for a second. That is a lot to think about. Mm? Uh, that's the winner. No, wait, there's more. Oh, my God. What? I'm doing a podcast with a Nazi. That's uh, too echoey. And my favorite. I could die right now with no regrets! 
It's hard to understand. Really? Yeah, I didn't know what he said. He said something about Democrats. No, he said I could die right now with no regrets. Oh, that from the it's clip. the former guy. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, I, I, like I couldn't it. understand it. No. All right, so we I like the first one because it's that succinct. is a lot it, to think about. That one, it's clear. It's <laughs> it clear. Is clear. It is clear. Okay, good, good. We'll do that one then. Uh, let me see if we missed anything. Uh, well, there's a lot to still do, but uh, if we missed anything super important. I've got one last clip if you want to just end it with this. Okay. This is a talk clip, too. Oh, But this is a man on the street. (laughs) Well, you're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) Man on the street. It's not about this. This is very different. This is actually something that just shows up everywhere. This is that that guy who just does these things. Okay. It's a man on the street clip, but the only reason I like it is because it highlights two dingbats who are going to UCLA. They're college students. And uh, you'll hear it. How many stars are on the United States flag? 103. 103? <laughs> yeah. Um, 32. What ocean is on the east side of the United States? What ocean? Can I Google it? <laughs> Google it. You guys know this. I know this. I don't know this. What country is the Queen of England from? I'm not a policy guy. I have a lot. I don't know. I really don't know. Just take a guess. Like, what country is the Queen of England from? Europe? I don't know. I don't know. I just took a guess. What's the capital of the United States? Um, the, um, there's a capital? (laughs) What? (laughs) Take a guess. Um, um, I don't know. Uh, probably California. Yeah, that's right. It is? No. The United States, do we know? (laughs) Stop, I knew he was going to embarrass us. I know, do wait. I don't even want to think because I don't want to sound dumb. There's no capital of the United States. Yeah, literally. Is there no capital? Correct. Was that right? (laughs) No. Oh, (laughs) You guys are UCLA students? We literally go to UCLA. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Who was the first president of the United States? Abraham Lincoln. Can you name the uh, three Kardashian sisters? Uh, Kim, Courtney, and Chloe. What are the three Kardashian sisters' names? Courtney, Kim, and Chloe. Yeah. And by the way, it goes on and on where he reverses with everyone he talked to, and they all knew that last question. No, I know. That, that was on Jesse Waters. I saw. Uh, was it? Was that Waters? Yeah, that was Waters World. He does that. He's, he's the best at that. He's got all of them. Yeah, I'm going to have to start recording these. His, I think his, they're hilarious. His man on the street stuff has always been dynamite. I did, but I, the I did, fact I that you have these UCLA co-eds that don't, they, they say the United States doesn't have a capital. What are the, what is wrong with these schools? America is lost, brother. <laughs> brother. So just one personal anecdote to leave. Uh, my parents pulled me out of the International School of Amsterdam uh, and I was put into fifth grade of the Dutch schooling system overnight. It was quite traumatic. Uh, but of course, it, it made me into the man I am today and I speak multiple languages and I have a very uh, uh, cultural, cultured background and upbringing, I would say. So ultimately, I'm very happy. Short term, I was way, way stressed about it. Moreover, that my fifth grade teacher, within like the, th- the second week, because I, you know, I, I really couldn't participate much in the class, and he said, well, here's a question. Uh, we'll ask our, Amer- our new American student. How many stars are there on the American flag? And I said, 50. And he said, wow, that's surprising. I didn't expect you to get that wrong. Of course, there's 52. <laughs> I said, no, it's 50. 
He said, no, no, you had 50, then they added Hawaii and Alaska, and it's 52. I said, and he said, listen. So I got shut down. Yeah, this is typical. I had my mom's uh, little uh, tape recorder, you know, the one that's uh, about, you know, the size, you know, just a little tape little cassette deck, and you press play and record at the same time. And I called the embassy in Amsterdam. And I, and I and I recorded, you know, just with the mic next to the phone. And I said, how many stars on the American flag? 50. Are you sure? Yeah, 50. I played it the next day in class and got in trouble. Yeah, well, you know, th- look at the good side. At least they didn't shuffle you off, have your balls cut <laughs> off, and put you on puberty blockers. Uh, now, you know, maybe I was just a media deconstructionist early on. How about that? Well, you weren't putting up with bull crap, that's for sure. Coming up next on No Agenda Stream, if you're listening live, we've got Congressional Dish, number 257, our very own Jen Briney. And uh, the health care for poisoned veterans is what she'll be discussing. I think you'll enjoy that. Jen's great value for value podcaster, supporter, if you get any value out of it. I think you will. End of show mixes, Leo Lapuke. We got some uh, Jesse Coy Nelson, uh, Sir Michael Anthony, and Rolando Gonzalez all teed up for you. I'm very much looking forward to driving home as soon as I possibly can get out of here uh, and be ready to join y'all on Sunday for another media deconstruction. Coming to you from right near the grassy knoll in Dallas, Texas, FEMA region number six in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm hoping to see some of those pronoun buttons. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll see you all again here on Sunday. Until then, remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, adios mofos and such. Dr. Fauci will step down as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which he has led for 38 years this December. With COVID, things that we thought we knew in the beginning turned out as the months went by to not be the case. That was interpreted by many as flip-flopping or not really knowing what's going on when it really was the evolution of the science. It's never really a good time to leave, but you have to leave sometime. Don't travel. Don't congregate together. I don't think we ever should ever shake hands ever again. I think the idea of taking masks off, in my mind, is, is really not something we should even be considering. It is as we said a pandemic and an outbreak of the unvaccinated if you are trying to you know get at me as a public health official and a scientist you're really attacking not only dr anthony fauci you're attacking science because i represent science and i'll guarantee you that that tooth fairy is not going to get infected and is not going to get sick i took a trip up there to the north pole i went there and i vaccinated santa claus myself i measured his level of immunity and He is good to go. I represent science. It's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Dr. Fauci, uh, thanks so much, uh, as always, for joining us. Good to be here, bro. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the vote. I could easily have done the same again. (laughs) She told the Today Show, Savannah Guthrie, she may run for president in 2024. 
The war in Iraq, we spent $2 trillion, thousands of lives, but that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized the Middle East. No office in this land is more important than the principles that we are all sworn to protect. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> former Vice President Dick Cheney is calling former President Donald Trump a coward in a new television ad supporting his daughter Liz Cheney in her re-election campaign. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. I am the father. And also this image showing Cheney serving Trump from the drive-thru window at McDonald's. To all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. You call it whatever you want. I want to tell you, they lied. Okay. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none, and they knew there were none. There were no weapons of mass all right. destruction. Okay, all right. Governor Booker. Vice President Dick Cheney shot his hunting buddy in the face. Look at that headline. Duck, it's Dick. Cheney was quail hunting with Harry Whittington in Texas when he accidentally fired a shotgun, not realizing it was pointed at Whittington. Needless to say, this was an embarrassing distraction for the White House. Cheney called it one of the worst days of his life. Please clap. I thought it would last forever, but the doctor cannot stay. It's so hard to say goodbye and go away. But I've made, made, made a lot of enemies by causing so much trouble and pain. It's so hard. You've just said something I really struggle with there, which is you're saying you are content with the left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically re-elected as president. Well, no, I'm, I'm content. Well, so it's, but the thing is, it's not left-wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left-wing, right? Liz Cheney, Liz, 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 Liz Cheney is not left-wing.
info. Dvorak.org slash N-A. That is a lot to think about.